The following has been brought to you by Ed. I used to think that the prison inside my heart was the only place that I could, the only place that I could ever, ever, ever truly be free, 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 truly be free. In what you are, reveled in what you are. You're listening to In the Corner with Benny Mac. Unfiltered, uncensored, and unforgiving. Here's the man in the corner, Benny Mac. Welcome back to In the Corner. Uh, post Extreme Rules, post Raw. Hope you all enjoyed Extreme Rules. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you didn't stay up too late if you're over in the UK. Uh, somebody who didn't stay up late, joining me once again for this uh, second follow-up podcast of talking some Extreme Rules and some Raw. Mr. Tyler, all the way from the, across the pond again, is joining me. How are you doing, Tyler? I am doing great. It is always a pleasure to uh, be back on your program, and I, I can't wait to uh, talk some Extreme Rules and some Monday Night Raw. And uh, How are you, my friend? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. I appreciate you coming on once again. Uh, you oh, you're very welcome. You can follow uh, Tyler at DustinTyler86 on Twitter uh, and get involved with his shows, WrestleBuddy, uh, well, the writing you do, WrestleBuddy, the Geek Buddy, and then also the Rewind Wrestling podcast if i said that right yeah <laughs> there yeah. we go Co-host. well it's close enough I, I appreciate it man you thank you for plugging that podcast and wrestle buddy and geek buddy i know they appreciate the support and hey folks support this show in the corner it is fantastic not just because i'm on here that that's a plus that <laughs> is a an addition but seriously it's a great terrific uh podcast uh, i appreciate that uh, i have to record that is a uh little advert going out on the other rest of SJP World Media, I think, as well. Uh, so, yeah, you didn't have to stay up late, I would assume, or at least not as late as I was up until about 4 a.m., give or take, uh, watching Extreme not, Rules. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't want to say that because uh, I do feel bad for my UK uh, people over there l- like yourself, but it just, uh, no, I didn't. That's the thing with time zones and, and different countries. It, it's always been fascinating. Because I, I didn't realize how late you all had to stay up for a lot of things, and, and I, I feel for you because it shows you the dedication that everyone possesses over there. It's also, I think it helps as well because they move the the, the premium shows, pay-per-view shows, whatever you want to call them. Obviously, WWE call them premium shows now, but uh, you know the fact that it's on a Saturday night, I think it just makes sense across the board. I think we touched upon this on the you know when you came on for the prediction show, but it makes a lot more sense to have a show on a Saturday than it does on a Sunday night. Yeah, it does. I, I actually don't mind Saturdays. I know Sundays have typically been the day that a lot of the pay-per-views, you know, back when they were calling them that, were featured. But I, I'm getting used to Saturday night. Uh, it's actually been kind of nice. Now, it may be a different perspective that you have because you have to stay up later. But I, I know for me, I'm actually getting used to them. Uh, well, this is one of the ones, uh, normally what I do, uh, Tyler, is I watch the pre-show. It's about midnight for us. And then... I'll maybe watch the first hour, maybe an hour and a half. If it's, you know, if I'm not too tired, I'll stay up. 
Uh, gotcha. But then I'll, I'll go to bed and then I'll get up in the morning and I'll watch the rest of the show without going on my phone, any social media, because you know what it's like. People. Post. Oh, yeah, you'll find out. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah, I mean, and I've made that mistake. Like, I've been wanting to, to watch a pay-per-view or a show or it could be a TV show of any kind. And you get on there, you, you're going to get spoilers. And people are going to ruin it for you without them meaning to. But if yeah. you, it's kind of our fault because we, we can't help ourselves. We get a notification or we get on Twitter, Facebook, and there it goes. There's the results. Okay. <laughs> Great. I, I've turned most of my – that's why I don't always answer messages straight away. All my notifications are off on my uh, uh, social media. The only uh, one it's not is like – you know, like proper DMs or something that I might get from family or whatever. But other than that, in terms of posts that get put out either on Facebook, uh, Instagram, wherever, I've turned all the notifications off. So I have to physically go into it to see anything. And just out of pure, like, I don't know, uh, routine, I just sometimes you pick your phone up and what's going on in the world and like, you click a few things. Before you know it, you're scrolling Twitter or whatever. And you go, oh, damn it, I've just ruined that match for myself or that TV show. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it can, it can be tough. I, I have done that many a times and it's, uh, I want to kick myself, not literally, but sometimes, you know, it's just <laughs> like, why did I do that? Just being humorous, just being honest and real with, uh, yeah, yeah. how we go about it. Cause we're all just fans and supporters and, and want to enjoy, you know, professional wrestling, but we ruin ourselves with, uh, giving away surprises. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. Why did I pull that up? Or I, it'll even yeah. be one of my own articles. I'm like, okay, yeah, I just pulled it, uh, and it was me who wrote it. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, this is one of the first ones I've stayed up for, like to the to, till the end, uh, for a long time. I've not done that like, occasionally. Like, I want to say the last one I probably stayed up for and watched the conclusion was maybe Royal Rumble 2019. So, I normally tend to watch it on delay now, <laughs> but the Saturday has helped big time because. Not having to work the Sunday, you know, you don't mind every now and again, every three, four weeks, be staying up late, have a, maybe a, a couple of drinks and then watch some wrestling or whatever it may be. So Saturday, hopefully going forward is the, I think is the way forward <laughs> for a lot of people, not just being selfish and in, in thinking about it from the UK's perspective. So I think it helps. Uh, yeah, that, that's not being selfish at all. I, I think it is. uh a new trending thing that I, I think is going to be instrumental going forward because uh, we've seen the WrestleMania experiment over the course of those two nights on the weekends. And I'm all for it. I, I actually don't mind it. it. It was a little different at first. I got to admit it was an adjustment, but I'm, I'm liking uh, them uh, doing all these premium live events on the Saturday nights. Yeah. I mean, the only, the only other thing I will moan about, but I say, I understand why they do it. Cause if I do end up watching the pre-show, you get all the uh, the promo packages for all the matches, and that's because they're trying to lure people in to say, "Come on, this is what's happening tonight. Come and get the network, or get it on pay per view, or whatever you want." <laughs> so then you end up seeing the same promo right. packages in the actual show as well. So that's my only gripe. But that's that pre that pre show is not necessarily for me. It's for people that aren't fans and possibly people that haven't got the network to try and convince them to get the network. So maybe that's my own fault. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't watch those. Maybe now if it was on, you know, I'm following it every week, so I know what's going no, on. No, so. you're not at fault. It's <laughs> uh, like you're, you're saying it's about getting the casual viewers or maybe non viewers to uh, be invested. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but then having to see these video packages of these stories they've told so far again in the actual shows, like, I've already seen this. And it may be, you know, so that's my, I think that's more of a my own sort of thing, but yeah. <laughs> I understand. Oh, it gets repetitive. I, I'm starting to follow you. I, you have to forgive me. I'm, I'm slow I, at times. <laughs> you, you would think I'm not. You would think I'm, I'm very up to date, modern, contemporary, but 
I'm a little bit old school in that uh, regard. I'm I'm a little bit uh, slower to go sometimes, if that makes any sense. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, each their own. Like I said, it was just more of a thing I noticed this time around, really, because of actually being excited for Extreme Rules, which I don't think I've ever said for an Extreme Rules pay per view while WWE have been doing them. I can't remember being. I don't excited. think I've, I've been this. Uh, enthusiastic about extreme rules and I, I wanted to hold that until after the program was over and I, I'm with you I concur yeah. I think it was a fantastic show I'm not going to say it's one of the best but it for an extreme rules uh, event it delivered it definitely had the atmosphere but then it's in Philly so I was expecting that anyway you know because I've been watching it for long enough when you know they're in like towns like Chicago and or they're in Canada or Philly, and there's a loads of. I know there's loads of other ones. These are just uh, a few off the top of my head. But oh, know, Philadelphia is a great community yeah. for wrestling. I mean, that fan base is passionate, going back to ECW and and even for WWE. And it's very fitting that they had it in the city of brotherly love because it goes extreme. I mean, they they like that kind of wrestling. I think they uh, delivered it pretty well. I mean, it, well, I wouldn't say they've gone over the top with any of the extreme moments. Really, some of them were not in a sense of like cause obviously. You'd we don't see blood anymore, really, unless it's an actual, like, somebody's, like, accidentally been clonked by something. Um, yeah, we don't see it a lot, that's no, for no. sure. Um, I understand why. Uh, there are certain rivalries that were made. Sometimes, you f I'm not saying you, you want to see people blading or anything like that, but, like, sometimes in a context of a match when two guys have been going at it for about three months and they put on a really good story and somebody's busted open, it, it just adds that extra sort of, um, you know, element to the story and like these, these guys really hate each other, you know? Um, so it, does. it um, adds to the intensity, like you were yes, saying. Yes, that's a better way of saying it. Yes, it was, definitely adds to the intensity uh, of the matches. But yeah, I, I think overall, I mean, without go, we're going to go through the matches in a moment. I mean, overall then, without sort of going too much into it, you, you know, not again, as you've already said, probably not one of the best pay views ever, but I think it will be remembered for, for the obvious reason uh, near the end, but also there's actually some good matches in here that were pretty good um, based on what I've seen in the last couple of years with WWE. Now, I'm, a lot of people are obviously attributing it to Triple H taking over, and I'm guessing that's true to a degree. Um, what are your overall thoughts on the show? Uh, the show definitely impressed me to be Extreme Rules. I'm going to go back to the point you were uh, mm. stating earlier. Uh, Triple H has done some... Pretty remarkable things. I don't want to go overboard with what he's done so far because it's going to take time. We still, still early days, really, isn't it? To be fair, yeah. To be fair, it's in his early days uh, leading this creative charge, and I, I don't want to knock Vince McMahon because I I think there was still some good things under McMahon. I just think with Triple H, he gets a lot of the NXT talent, and he knows how they want to be presented, and I think. He, he listens to more of their ideas. So it, it's coming across on these TV shows like Raw, SmackDown, and even for the live events on Peacock, like an Extreme Rules. And, and they're able to kind of uh, do things their way, but through his vision, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I read an article. He, somebody asked him a question about, you know, raising the uh, age limit to, because um, what is it now? Is it like PG, something like that? Um, I think it's still PG, but I yeah. think they, they had talked about, or at least he's maybe not going back to the attitude era type age, but maybe kind of, you know, pushing the envelope a little Just bit a little more. Bit, yeah. I think he was like, cause obviously, oh, we'll talk about Raw in a bit, but we'll bring it up. Obviously we saw DX open the show, but obviously there was a bit of swearing in there, which they blanked out. So for comedic value, actually funny, I find swearing more funny when it's 
bleeped out, to be honest. I know it sounds a bit like kiddie, but like actually having them do it and then blanking it out, you're like, you know, it was quite funny with the whole, you know, the chickens and stuff they have, which we'll get into a bit later on. But like, yeah, it made it stand out. Uh, yeah, definitely. I'm with you because a lot of people didn't think Shawn Michaels would, uh, would have that much language, but that, that made it even that much more comedic. Uh, you used a great word there and yeah, the chickens, uh, as a reference and, and seeing triple H and I know we'll get into that, but just seeing him in that moment act all serious and businesslike cause he is running the show was, uh, pretty appropriate and, and pretty clever. And, uh, yet he was kind of getting aggravated with his teammates and DX, but it, it reminded me of those good old days back in the attitude. Yeah. Era. I mean, even with uh, Riddle and Seth, uh, you know, the whole, like, after they went off the air, after they did their little talking backwards and forwards a few months ago, and Seth brought up Matt Riddle's kids and stuff, and there was swearing in that, but they bleeped it out. So you can still present that kind of thing, but also blank out things so you don't necessarily offend anybody, but it gives it more validity and more like these two actually hate each other and gives you a bit more reason to go, I want to see this match, whatever it may be. Um, so. Yeah, you got to have that filter. Uh, I I agree once again. I think it's important when we can really buy into and invest in these uh, character stories. And it's got a lot of validity. It's got a lot of the reality, real-life uh, elements to it. And that helps us believe and uh, convinces us that, hey, these two guys are not just going to wrestle. They want to fight, and they don't care what it takes to uh, – either win a match, but it goes deeper than wins and losses. And I think that resonates with an audience, with us as fans, and it makes for a lot better television. And that, that reminds you of some of the territory days and some of what made, you know, the big companies so great and popular. I'm sure the same thing with a lot of the British companies, like the American companies, personal issues. I think that was something Lawler and Jarrett and Memphis wrestling used and, and everybody personal issues, what draw money. Yeah. It, again, it dis, it suspends that disbelief even further, doesn't it? Because you go, you know, you can relate to somebody making comments to a divorce, or your, you know, the fact you had to see your kids or whatever, or whatever it may be, or somebody like back in the day and actually somebody cheating on on their wife or whatever. So people can relate, and it resonates with people. So I think, uh, yeah, if yeah. they can if they can present it in a way and do it like this, even if they are blanking out the the you know the swear words, which they did back in the Attitude Era, to be fair. Yeah, even back then, uh, you're yeah. right. I think the thing is, if you can get a fan to go, "Whoa, did he just go there, or did she yeah, just exactly, yeah, yeah." Say that? It, th- then the light bulb aha moment goes. Wait a minute, like you're saying, I I can actually get into this and actually it's it's like I'm watching a good film or movie, but yet this is wrestling. It's got a little bit of the sports and, and that's, that's why they call it sports entertainment in a sense, because it does have the soap opera uh, like feel to it. Uh, you know what? I can tell that these two individuals are really upset with each other and they're throwing these kind of insults. Uh, this is getting very personal and very real and uh, that makes us all want to just uh, sit back and go, okay, what's next? Absolutely, yeah. And, uh, that's what keeps us. Um, that's what keeps us tuning in. I think as well, because uh, there are moments, you know. You oh, you got it. You know, you might only have two uh, two matches on the card that you actually want to see, but because of those two matches, you end up seeing the rest of the card. You might get drawn into another storyline if they're, you know. And I think there's a lot of groundwork being laid at the moment in WWE to have the storylines pay off in a month's time, two months' time, even a year's time in some cases. I think we could see callbacks to these things that have just happened. Um, 
at Extreme Rules and you know what happened beforehand. So in terms of the regular TV, so I, I think you're you're on to something there. I, I you that's a very astute opinion, and uh, I think we're we're starting to see you know even with promos early. I'll, I'll go back to Kevin Owens, the promo he cut on Austin Theory on a, a Raw back a long time ago, and then. I think it was Owens and McIntyre, the promo. Uh, we were starting to see a, a little bit of the shades of they're taking this a little bit more seriously. It's just not all ha-ha funny. You need those moments, but this is uh, the part where you're seeing the young guys that are your established stars getting over when they don't necessarily need it because they're already there. Yeah. But they're they're proving why we love wrestling because people they're passionate. And everybody wants to see a good fight or a good wrestling match. It's all about the story within the story, actually. Yeah, yeah, of course. And yeah, like you said, you need those moments of, you know, we've seen quite a serious side of Kevin Owens. You brought him up, but we saw him on the uh, episode of SmackDown walking past the models and making reference to you should have your hand higher and stuff like that. And it's just like a little Kevin Owens giving advice over models. It was quite funny. Um, but we've seen him quite serious over the past month. Uh, so yeah, we got a lot of, uh, lot of things happening. I think we're just... Um, to say that he's turned it round, I think he's. I can see the ship steering off now and in, in getting into a into a groove, um, and hopefully it continues and he doesn't go too mental with bringing too many people back too quickly. Because yes, it's great to have the talent, but you need to be able to tell the stories with them going forward as well. Otherwise, they come back and they have a great pop. But where are they in a month's time? You need to, you know, hopefully, which I think we will see. To be honest with you, but I'm I am concerned. I think. Of, I think we will too, and and you're you're so correct that you don't want him to hire back so many people where it gets diluted. Uh, that you can, you know, you do have to concentrate and focus on these storylines and and get them. I, I guess a better way to say it would be like music. They need rhythm. You you've got to let them progress and, and get those beats in and, and let them take us somewhere we've never been before. I, I think that's what fans are yearning. I mean, it can still be a similar uh, strategy, like from even the old school mentality that's updated now, where you got the balance between the new school, modern uh, presentation of wrestling. But uh, let us really uh, get behind these characters again, even if they've been ones that's been away. They're presented, they've kind of got that uh, fresh paint on him. You know, he he's, what you're talking about, he, he's steering it in the right direction. McMahon could do that, but the thing that's different and separates him and Triple H is that Triple H just, I think, has his pulse on on the talent that's there, where Vince, I, I believe, just got out of touch with all due respect. He just, uh, it, something wasn't connecting between Vince and uh, a lot of the talent where Triple H is able to pick up those pieces. Yeah, I, I that's a fair fair point, to be honest, I think, with that. Um... I also feel with some of the uh, the Vince stuff again, it might not, but Vince ultimately called the decisions by all accounts. So, but you, one week you'd have a story, and the next week it'd be gone. You're like, what happened to this person? It's almost like he gets bored with it, and then he goes, well, we'll do something else, or we'll move, or we'll, we'll we'll bring back a nothing against them, but we'll bring back a legend and have them win the title and stuff. You're like, well, what about you've just spent six months building this guy, and then you've gone, well, I don't think he's ready, so let's just bring in a legend and have them take the title. Um, you know, and that's fine if you're going to do that, but then... It appeared that way. It, yeah, I mean, again, I don't work for the company, <laughs> so... I, I don't either. I mean, they're not calling me either, so... <laughs> yeah, exactly, so... But, you know, from the outside looking in, it did feel like... we. Funny enough, I was having a conversation with uh, mate uh, NGB, who's actually been on the show a few times, um, 
they advertised this week that Elias is coming back to WWE, which is great. I that guy got over with a guitar and you know started off being a drifter, then all this kind of stuff that he did, and then you know what does WWE stand for? Walk with Elias, and he seemed to have something really good, and he seemed to reach really good popularity, but they never did anything much with him after, and it's like well. And then he disappeared. Then he kind of came down to like a mid card, and then he sort of was barely on TV. And then he came back as Ezekiel, which didn't. Which, but we all like Elias. So why have you changed him? <laughs> which is, I think, what's happened here. He's gone away for a month or two to grow the beard back, and we'll see him back. Thank God. Um, <laughs> well, that that helped him because the Ezekiel thing was well, that was rough. It, uh, it was. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, it was yeah. comedy, but it wasn't what we wanted as fans. I don't think, to be honest. Well, I, I didn't want it. I I definitely prefer Elias because uh, I'm I'm a music guy myself, and I I like the whole guitar and the beard drifter kind of yeah. persona. Uh, the only thing with Elias, I'm I'm more over with his gimmick than I am uh, his wrestling. Is where I, yes, I find yeah. myself. No, I agree. I think that's the problem. Maybe maybe that was part of the problem. I don't know. Um, you could also say the same with Rusev. Uh, obviously, when he was with Adrian. Um, in English, I think, um, and they were doing the Rusev Day stuff yeah. that got over, and Rusev could be a monster in the ring. So, and again, they had something, but they just didn't seem to follow through with it, and I don't understand why. Um, you can all see it as fans. I think most people would go, "I like that." It was over. The people were responding to it. So, what's wrong here? <laughs> and it does feel well, like I, Vince got bored. I think Vince got bored, and and to a lot of. Uh his defense and that creative team, the wrestlers have to get themselves over. They may can connect to an audience, but they may not connect all the dots in the ring, and maybe that was their, their crutch. I mean, I'm just trying to look at it fairly like you are and everybody else, but I think there has been the uh, the issues where Vince didn't allow certain personalities, even off of NXT TV, to be themselves, and that's where Triple H has capitalized. Yeah, I mean, I'm still waiting for Bobby Roode to return. I think he's had surgery or something, so he's out injured at the moment. I'm not sure the whole details, but I am waiting for Bobby Roode because I don't like it when they change it to Robert Roode. I actually like the Bobby Roode character. I watched his, uh, watched most of his beer money stuff in uh, TNA, and then I saw his rise through NXT, and I actually quite liked the uh, the character. And he, you know, maybe he could be a bit more in the ring, but generally, I think uh, it was a good it was a good um, character and could have been a really good heel going forward but again it just didn't seem to quite <laughs> take i don't know what what the, i don't know what the issue was between yeah bobby NXT. rude's amazing yeah i don't know what the issue was between nxt and the main roster i don't maybe it's because triple h was there in nxt at that time and was driving that shit down there and when he came to the ros- main roster he says oh vince i've got this guy he can do x y and z but vince goes yeah, i don't understand that yeah. either because bobby rude is as smooth as ever in the ring too you talk about one of the the better workers that you've got too, and Bobby Roode, and, and I, I didn't realize just how talented he was till you go back and watch his stuff, even in TNA, NXT, and then uh, the main roster with Dolph Ziggler. I mean, he, yeah. he, his selling and and the way he can come back and uh, just tell that story in ring is phenomenal, and and it, like AJ Styles is phenomenal. I, I mean, I have to say that for Roode on a different level. Yeah, no, I hundred uh, percent agree. Hopefully. Everybody else listening agrees or has their own take. If you do have any opinions on this, give, uh, give us a t- uh, tweet at in the corner WWE on Twitter. I'm sure we'll get to it in the next show. <laughs> Listen, what we've got because he said so. I'll just use the Austin reference. You need to tweet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's the bottom line because Tyler said so. All right, you got to tweet. Um, you got that right. <laughs>
Uh, we need the Austin music now and smash a few cans. Uh, <laughs> no, that, that's what we need now. <laughs> Talking about the attitude years, that's funny. We, we've talked a little bit of everything. It, it's so uh, poetic now to uh, talk about Austin 316. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, dude, you're coming back on the show at some point. We're going to do some other special things with you. I think if you're up for it, I don't know what that is yet. I've got a few ideas percolating in my head as we're talking. Uh, and I think... Oh, I'd be happy. See, you're already uh, head of creative, and you don't know. <laughs> look out for mine in Tyler's uh, wrestling business, uh, wrestling company starting. I don't know how that's going to work. I'm going to be working remote if it's going to be over in the US, to be fair. I'm in the UK, so. <laughs> well, that's fine. I could probably consult because I'm over in a different country, too. So it may be, I may have to do the Jerry Jarrett business where I'm consulting, you know. Uh, oh, I'd love to be involved somehow. I, I go in and sweep the floor. I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, I'd, I'd be in the bathrooms cleaning them just to yeah, be involved. Just to, let us, not, yeah, just to let us yeah. be involved in it. It'd be good. All right. Then. Right. So, yeah, Extreme Rules was this past Saturday. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about leading up to it. There's been, there was a lot of talk after the fact as well. Um, I've got a few opinions on Twitter. Uh, well, I've got a question on Twitter, which we'll get to once we get to the relevant match they're asking it about um, and also some other stuff that we've got going on uh, with it. But let's start with our... We'll, well, how, how how we did it, we ended up starting with this match and it ended up being the opening match of the night. Uh, so the Brawling Brutes took on Imperium. Good old-fashioned Donnybrook match. Um, for me, I don't know about you, Tyler, it was a great way to start the show, actually. And banger after banger as it went out on Twitter after. I mean, what are your thoughts on it? Oh, I thought this was easily one of the better matches on the card. I mean, I knew it was going to be good, but I was so taken back by how well... And I, I knew these two uh, groups had chemistry. Uh, they had that and more. These guys fought. I mean, that was the stipulation. You knew it was going to be just a, a fight. It was going to have some good wrestling to it, but they were going to brawl. And I I love how these uh, pieces are falling together between Imperium and, and the Brawling Brutes. I, I love all these uh, wrestlers. They told a, a great physical story, as always, between uh, Gunther and uh, Sheamus, and then you got Butch, who's uh, we're seeing more of the shades of Pete Dunn, which we know is Pete Dunn, but got to call him Butch. And then, uh, of course, Rich Holland, and then, of course, uh, Kaiser and, and Vinci. I mean, I, I love all those guys. So this, I agree, this was just a tremendous matchup. I I, I loved it from uh, start to finish, and it, I thought I think I tweeted out on the night um, uh, a good way to set the tone for the evening. Um, the, what was going to come and actually to be honest I felt sorry for the people that were going to be coming up next which I believe was Liv and Ronda I think after the fact but it was a really good way to start the uh, to start the evening um, yeah I don't know really much more I can say about it other than if you haven't seen it for some strange reason I would say I think I'm there yeah, with, go back and watch it yeah I would say I'm, the, I'm with you Tyler to be fair I think probably probably the match of the night actually to be honest and that's not and to a degree uh, i I think one probably just beats it in terms of storytelling, but, um, you know, I think that's fair. I mean, they worked hard and and that's, I mean, if you're going to build your extreme rules and and come out swinging, I mean, that's what they did. This could have quite easily been the main event of the evening as well. Couldn't it, to be fair, it was, it was that type of match for me, at least, you know, I think it could have been because both these uh, teams, we just talked about the talent that's involved. I mean, I have enjoyed the Seamus uh, Gunther storyline. I didn't get to even watch SmackDown, but I saw where Jessica Carr, there was some kind of tapping uh, situation that really was controversial that where Seamus 
you know, uh, I, you could probably help me out because I didn't get to watch that SmackDown prior. Uh, yeah, he uh, had him in the uh, Texas, uh, well, they, I call it a Texas Cloverleaf, but obviously they just called it a Cloverleaf being it's, it's uh, Seamus is, you know, Irish. <laughs> but um, Gunther kind of slapped his hand on the mat a couple of times. Now, I've seen wrestlers do it in the past, um, and the crowd went mental for it, and they thought he had tapped out, um, and even Seamus let go, I think, and it wasn't a tap out. The referee waved it off and said, no, it wasn't a tap. He sort of slammed his hand down twice on the mat as if he was tapping. Um, so the, it's a bit of a... It's left it in a an asterisk over them again, really, I think, in, the, in, in terms of this encounter on SmackDown, because... Did Gunther actually tap out? And this, I think, is a nice. Yeah, that's a question. Yeah. Yeah. Did so, it, did he actually tap out? And and to your point, I was just going to say that it's it's builds like that that uh, really led nicely into that opening match for Extreme Rules. So I don't mind finishes where you kind of have to think about them every once in a while because everybody's like, oh, that's a pinfall. He he submitted. Well, here you go. This makes you kind of wonder a little bit. Yeah, and are we going to have? You think because after we saw the. Uh, the, well, the match on SmackDown for the IC title, you're thinking, is this Sheamus's last chance? With that controversy of him tapping, not tapping, um, obviously there was also help, outside help with uh, you know Gunther actually using the shillelagh on Sheamus to win the match. So it's left a nice little asterisk over that, actually, where actually, do you know what? I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing that match one more time. I don't know what match it will be, whether it will be a cage match or a ladder match or a last... I don't know what kind of... But in order for it to have a decent conclusion... I think you're probably going to have to keep the rest of Imperium and the you know the brutes away, so we can see this. You know, I think they'd have to be because now that we've seen them enough, you don't want to overdo that, and you want to make yeah. it fair where it's it's just Gunther and Sheamus. Because, like you say, if this is going to be the finale, which I would think it would have to be, with all due respect to both these guys, maybe Sheamus gets another title shot down the road, or, or program him, even get him in a tag team, or or something. I, I know he's in this faction right now, but and move Gunther on to somebody else, somebody new. But I, I would definitely be down to seeing uh, another match between these two, uh, talking about Sheamus and Gunther. I, I think they tore the house down at Clash of the Castle. And this match that where they were big-time participants in it was another barn burner. I'll just uh, borrow from good old JR. It was uh, it was a good one. I, I, I'm with you. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it, man. Yeah. Uh, the only negative from our point of view is that we both went with Imperium to win, Tyler. Um. <laughs> I know. I, that, that's what I get. I should have trusted more your your British comrades there. I, I went with the, the ones from Austria, Germany, and Italy, and uh, uh, they, they didn't win. I, well, I went for the same team, so, you know, and I'm over here in the oh, UK. Oh, that's true. So you you did. did. Yeah, you just yeah. said that, and, and I, I promise you, folks, I'm paying attention and listening, but that shows you how things get over my head, even when I'm on a podcast. So. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, no, it was a freaking great match. It's one of those uh, like sort of things where you think, oh, it makes sense for Imperium to win this. But actually, again, we, we're going to see a bit. Well, I don't know what's going to happen in terms of the brands. Are we going to see a draft again? So maybe, you know, Brutes get drafted to Raw or Imperium do, and then we keep them away from each other for a little bit and we could reignite this again maybe near Rumble time when they're all in the ring together and then maybe it leads into Mania. I don't know. Uh, but again, that's something where you've got that, you've got a good rivalry built between these two guys and these two factions now where actually you could probably divert them away from each other for a little while and then bring them back together down the oh, line. You, you know, and it would, and we'd still be wanting to see it because if they left it here right now as it's ended, yes, as a faction, the Brutes have beaten Imperium, but obviously Imperium have still got the Intercontinental Championship in their camp. Um, so, and I don't think either team looked 
coming out of this looked weak by any stretch, even though the you know brutes no. won. You know, so I think there's ways. I think you can they do both this. look strong. I mean, yeah, you're, you're saying a lot of uh, very intelligent stuff. I I knew you were smart, but you're even smarter than than I knew. I mean, seriously, that that's some good booking and, and good uh, laying out the strategies there. I think it's not going to hurt them. I'm actually ready to see uh, Butch actually get on a singles run. I, I think ask Pete Dunn and and maybe get rid of Butch. It, yeah, like I said before, even if they drop, even if they, you know, for a while, call him like Pete, you know, Butch Dunn or something for a little while, you know, just for the. I mean, they could, yeah, they know. could still add Butch as a middle name just to have a little haha. But yeah, we could take, you know, we're taking him more like, hey, this is a former NXT World Champion, NXT UK star, and exactly, this, yeah. and we saw the manipulation on a. Uh, Gunther, which I thought was good on why he was on the rope that spot, and I, yeah. I still cringed. I was, you don't need horror movies, just watch Pete Dunn manipulate joints. That's <laughs> yeah, all you definitely. need. Happy Halloween! There you definitely, go, definitely, definitely. Um, it's um, gonna be interesting. I mean, you could keep these guys going. We have war games coming up. I have a theory about war games, which we'll get into in a bit into into Raw, but um, I'm looking forward to it. But uh, I, I think, yeah, I think uh, again, you know, I'm not the booker, but you know, you could quite easily divert these away even if you have gunther and maybe not say i'm done with you i've beaten you twice now you don't deserve a title shot you know and maybe he has a number one contenders match and then imperium costs sheamus so he doesn't get another title match so it then leaves that question in the fans in my mind like can sheamus beat him he's come close but can he beat him and this is where you could divert them for a while and you know bring them back together whether that's give him a break yeah yeah I think so. And, you can you can show that at Mania, to be honest, that match for the IC title, or just them too. Even if they're not Imperium and Brutes anymore, I think fans would still be excited to see. Um, and obviously the history they've already just created in the last month or so, it could come back full circle is what I'm getting at. I, I think you'd be silly not to uh, be interested if they ever uh, circle back, and I think they would. I you brought up some uh, just wonderful observations. I, it's got me thinking. That, that's what's <laughs> fun about doing this podcast with yeah. you. You've got me uh, wondering and, and pondering uh, the what ifs right now. I'm like, man, what's going to happen down the road? I've, so that, that thank you for that. I that's, think uh, I think it's also like it speaks volumes to what's going on. Yes, Raw's too long. We we can talk say that every week and take a shot. Everybody, every time I say Raw's too long, you probably be drunk by the end of the podcast. But um. It's just, you know, it, it, you need a drink or something. <laughs> you need something to, uh, you know, to keep you. Because, like you said uh, last week, you know, it can be a great show, but three hours. But by the, by the last hour, you're kind of like, you know, I've had enough now almost, you know. So, Even when it's good, that's what's sad. It yeah, can still yeah. be a marathon. Uh, it's, a, it's a shame, really. But, you know, maybe that'll get addressed. Maybe it won't. And uh, there was somebody, a fan said the other day, maybe they'll make SmackDown three hours. I was like, please don't do that. No, please don't, don't do, do that. that. <laughs> please I like don't do Smackdown that. Two hours, please. Yeah, don't listen to that fan for once. I'm not, you know, I, I I'm normally supportive of fellow fans, but if you're not going to make any common sense in your comments, please don't comment because we we don't need three hours of Smackdown. No, we don't. We got three hours of Raw. You can see your uh, your hate tweets at uh, at Dustin Tyler eighty six. And in the corner, WWE. So I agree with Tyler. So if you're going to go okay. after one, you well, he'll take us. some of the heat for me. Yeah, exactly. So I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean. Back in the day when they did like the specials or the drafts and stuff, every now and again there was a three epi- three hour episode of Raw, like a special. Fine, but not every week. So you know that's a different podcast. In I hope we get the two hour Raw eventually. Yeah. It, it may just be that with the networks, he can't uh, do that right away. Maybe if they get to the point where they're renewing contracts, maybe and you know maybe they'll re 
jig it, maybe. I don't know if they even stay on US. Is it USA? They're still on on Raw? Yeah, that, it's yeah, USA yeah. for Raw, and then Fox, of course, that's SmackDown. It, yeah, Smack, that's it, yeah. I couldn't remember if it was USA still, to be honest, for Raw, but it has been for a well, while. Well, you now. know, there was that, that period they were on, what, TNN for a long time, and then they went back to USA. That's it, yeah, because uh, it started on USA, didn't it, back in the day, and then it went to TNN, yeah. and then it came, and it's come back. That's it, Ruska's correct, yeah. Um, right, well, well, we'll move on. <laughs> We've still got quite a lot to talk about, to be fair, not that I'm uh, complaining. Hopefully people are still listening. And, no, uh, you know, and I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm enjoying it myself. Good, good, good. Uh, so, <laughs> So y'all need to be enjoying it. That's a public service announcement. If I, I'm having a good time. If, if you're not enjoying in the corner, then uh, you need some help. I'll just tell you. Do you know what? I'm going to cut that because I left my purpose. I didn't say it. I'm going to cut that into a little advert, Tyler, if you don't mind. No, that's fine. I'll put that I, in the hey, middle of the show somewhere at some point. Hey, you're using me for some good. So as, lo- <laughs> you know, as long as I'm uh, getting good publicity and not bad, that's always a positive. So. Nah, all good, all good. Uh, okay, well, we'll move on. I think it was the second match of the night as well. Um, I didn't want to start on too much of a um, a low. I, d- I don't like being the negative Uh-oh. guy. Um, but Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey had the potential. As I've already said going into this, it didn't have the best story going in, I don't think. Or at least it felt very st- lackluster, as I think I said. Um I think there were a couple of mistakes in the ring as well. Um, some couldn't be helped. Some to follow up after probably could have been helped. But I was there uh, were. Um, unfortunately, I'm a big Liv Morgan fan. I'm a big Ronda Rousey fan. But this didn't hit the mark for me, Tyler. Uh, how about yourself? Uh, it was very disappointing, this match. Uh, you just said it. I mean, two talented ladies. Uh, to be honest, uh, the Liv Morgan kind of run, I, I was kind of glad to see it in. But... For him not to have a good match for it to end was uh, very underwhelming. You said lackluster. That would be appropriate. Uh, you know, big fan of Ronda Rousey. Happy for her, but I, I don't know. This just, with all the matches on the card, I hate to say it, this match really failed for me. And after having such a great opening match like we just discussed, uh, the spots you were talking about, what, the Meteora, the double knee spot? Was yeah, that one the, of them? The, 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 well, and the chair as well. Obviously, the chair fell out Oh, fine. the chair, yeah, as well, yeah. I mean, that, I think ha- that he- happens, but, like, it was what I think Liv maybe called an audible and said, look, I'll do this to you, and either one I think she hit. had to, yeah. yeah um, and, and some of the shots were a little weak. I understand you got to protect your, your opponent, but they, they did. I think a lot of the fans were mentioned how, you know, they went as stiff and – uh, there was a lot of the clips, and even people, with all due respect to Hulk Hogan, there was that infamous meme and video where he barely oh, hit somebody with, yeah, with the still terror, and they were comparing that. And I was like, that's pretty bad. No offense to Hulk Hogan, but it's pretty bad when your Extreme Rules match is becoming a meme in comparison to that that kind of chair shot. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was a bit with it. Yeah, I saw that meme as well. Um, I looked like I didn't know whenabouts that was in WCW, but... Or was it TNA? I'm not even sure where it was from. No, it was WCW. It, it was, it was yeah. the, lean, the lean years, I guarantee you. Yeah, um, it was just, uh, yeah. And there were moments where you could... I'm not saying you should go out there and, like you said, like try and maim people, but like compared to the opening match, you could almost... Make it believable. You yeah. make it believable. That's a good way of putting it, Tyler. I didn't know how to really verbalize it, but yeah, make it believable. And it's a shame because um, they... <sighs> I don't want to be sitting here going it was awful, but it wasn't good at all. And it was, there were a couple of little moments, but they're very, to be honest, I don't remember them because of the 
the botches and the things that went wrong. And I think Liv, like I said, with the chair, okay, it fell out. Things happen. It's an inanimate object. It ain't always going to play ball. But she tried to do the idea. I think it was like a backstabber or the the legs into the back. I think backstabber was what, what I was looking for. Yeah. It, it's kind of like a meteora, but it's those yes. double knees to the back. Yeah. yeah, and the first time she does it, Rhonda either didn't hear her, didn't realize what was going on. I don't know. Uh, I feel like Liv may have called an audible there so because the chair fell out. I think the idea yeah, was, it, that, you know, it went wrong, and uh, yeah, you know, it's happen. a shame. It is a yeah, shame. I'm, it is very much I'm a shame. Um, I am a Liv Morgan fan. I still am, and I'm still a Ronda Rousey fan. But the match was isn't going to be one. Well, less than stellar. <laughs> yeah, if it's going to be remembered, it's going to be remembered for the wrong reasons. I think, unfortunately, and I don't like to be sitting sitting here with you and chatting and going. That was god awful basically um and it's sad it, that makes me appreciate the the match i saw live at SummerSlam more uh yeah. after watch and even the clash of the castle you, you all now wait a minute now that was Liv and shana wasn't it my bad it was yeah, i'm yeah. getting those two confused you know that'll happen I, i'll probably say well ronda wrestled at a certain pay-per-view there's so much wrestling that I, i'm liable to say well she wrestled back against lawler <laughs> I mean, yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping that. Um, I mean, Ronda's got the title again. I don't know. I, I to be honest, I'm. We've got an actual comment over here, actually. Uh, um, UCT Rob on Twitter. Uh, as in terms of the overall pay per view, he's saying uh, underwhelming build. I wouldn't say an underwhelming pay per view. It certainly uh, wasn't overwhelming. So he's. He, I don't think he was overly pleased. But the question was, who did it benefit booking Liv Morgan in a competitive match with Ronda Rousey? To be totally honest, from my point of view. Rob, uh, I don't think it benefited anybody, to be totally honest. Looking at it, didn't help get you know, it didn't help elevate them. I mean, not that they needed it because you live was a SmackDown Women's Champion, and I mean, for crying out loud, Ronda Rousey, but it sure didn't help their case. I I hope Ronda's got a a great program after this because I'll tell you, I, I hate it for both Liv and Ronda, but this was bad. Yeah, I mean, the smile at the end when she Liv passes out was a bit weird, but you know. I think she's. I, I don't know what. The, I, I honestly can't even figure where this is going. I hope Liv and Ronda. I think will be okay. Maybe Liv just needs to be crazy to change up her character, yeah. like we we talked about. Maybe she's going heel. I don't yeah. know. Well, I mean, that's my. I mean, obviously, you went with uh, Ronda walking out with the title. I went with Liv. Obviously, you got that one right. So a point to yourself. Um, so I, I'll actually get one at least. Yeah. All through the <laughs> night, you know? uh, but I mean, my logic was let's turn live. You know, the fans are already sort of rejecting her. Let's turn her heel and make it, make it innocent. But obviously they didn't. And Ronda walked out with the, with the championship. So we saw live after the fact as well. And she looked very dejected and just sat down and looked a bit, I think angry and dejected, I think is probably the best way of saying it. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's a good description. But yeah, I mean, I don't honestly see, in terms of like Rob's question, like I said, who does it benefit? I don't think it really benefited anybody from my perspective right now as we see here talking about it, Tyler, to be honest. No, it didn't. It didn't help them. Uh, I just, I think it's unfortunate because both these ladies have worked hard. Uh, and I, I want to cheer for Liv. I just, I think the way they've positioned her, which, you know, it may tell us more with the, the storyline, like you said, maybe she's going to go bad after this. And maybe you put Rhonda as the baby face, but I, I've actually not minded Rhonda as being more the villain, but this may be the time to kind of alter both those ladies characters. And, and we'll find out more on SmackDown with this whole title picture. But yeah, for it to be a, a big match on a, you know, I know it's not one of the bigger shows, but they the way they build it, 
it it was a big show and and it just it fell flat it was uh, not the result everybody wanted and and it's very sad cuz i i think these two ladies worked hard in that that match it just didn't uh, come across yeah i agree um i mean i wasn't angry about it i just it was like lackluster and just very like come on yeah you're i was mad than, yeah you're better than this people come on I, they're both of them women uh i mean we might hopefully we'll see live dust herself off like you said, maybe repackage, fresh coat of paint, heel possibly, um, or you know, maybe we see you know a good resurgence in him. You know, in six months' time to a year, she's back on the top of the uh, women's division and hopefully having a better run because this one is not been good overall. And this match, like no, I said, it, it's yeah. it's not been good, and, and she just needs to be rebuilt uh, to to the word you were talking about. It it relates uh, repackage, and she I think she needs time. Not necessarily always away, maybe a little bit, but just feuding with other mid-carters and build her back up. Yeah, and get her to uh, delivering some good... Because um, she has delivered some good matches in the past, to be fair. So has Ronda. So they are both yeah, capable. Maybe the dance partner wasn't right. I don't know. <laughs> it could be. It's a chemistry issue. Maybe they maybe. thought, hey, Ronda and Liv could uh, tear down the house, and they you know, found out. Well, not necessarily. Yeah, I mean, I, I, when I was watching it, I was like, maybe. I mean, the crowd weren't didn't seem overly into it, but then obviously we just had the Donny Brook match, so I was probably trying to be a bit more like objective with it and like, oh yeah, but they've just gone through a pretty, you know, good match in the first, so maybe they they need to have a bit of a rest, yeah. you know. But everyone was on such a high from that first one that, the, unfortunately for them, the ladies' match that set, which was the second one, it's like everything was settling back down. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's how I kind of looked at it. But the, I've, I have watched the match back, um, and it, yeah, I don't think we can say much more on what we said, really, Tyler. To be honest, but yeah, I, I'm not going to add too much, yeah, because yeah, we we pretty much covered it. And I really hate having that perspective, but we got to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not here to be. Um, you know, I'll, you know, I'm not going to sit here and rant too much about it. But yeah, I, I think most people agree that it wasn't good, and it's a shame. And I hopefully. Just to, to sort of sum it up, which I already have, you know, hopefully they dust themselves off and we have a good story going forward, hopefully, uh, for whether it's together or apart. Oh, we can hope. Absolutely. Uh, shall we? Yeah, we'll go Drew McIntyre versus Karrion uh, Cross in a strap match. Um, I didn't realize till after the fact that Scarlett's outfit was very reminiscent of Sable. A mate actually pointed out to me. I don't know if you picked up on that, to be honest. I did the- not pick up on it, but I mean, if anybody could be a modern day Sable, I mean, it uh, it would be Scarlett. Very attractive <laughs> lady. And uh, I got to tell you, I, I wasn't hating the, uh, the the get up, the outfit. With all due respect to Karrion Cross and her, I don't want to get him on you know, or get on the bad side of him is what I was trying to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But she be... flustered me. You you got me flustered when you said that. Um, <laughs> I want to say, where's that picture again? I, I mean... <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I think a mate of mine said, uh, uh, I don't know how he gets any work done carrying cross, to be totally honest. So there we go. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be distracted all the time. Uh, I think Lawler said it. He's like, man, have you seen that scarlet lady? He's like, he's just being unreal. You know, she's a very, very attractive woman. Uh, yeah, imagine him on commentary back in the well, like if he'd have been on commentary back in the day. If he would, <laughs> if he would have been on that match, he would. That's all we'd hear about. Oh, Scarlett, you know, <laughs> she's got the strap or something. <laughs> yeah, um, pretty good match actually, to be honest. Um, you know, the build has been building for a while. Um, it it has. The- it, 
some of this, the the whips and stuff like that uh, with the straps always make me cringe. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, Ugh, like even yeah, if you... I was hurting. Yeah, definitely. Um, this is where I get one of my points back though, Tyler, because I went with cross and uh, you know, you, know, you did. I actually got that one right for a change. <laughs> no, I, I think that what we were both looking at, as much as we like Drew McIntyre, they've built up Karrion Cross so well that it'd be hard for him to lose. So with it being his first big match on a big show, I mean, he had to go over. And this was a brutal match, as any of the strap matches are. And also, you, I love how they mentioned Sting and Vader. Uh, used to, yeah. they probably couldn't mention that. I, I think that's some of the changes we're seeing that's under Triple H that I'm liking. Uh, why not? That's still part of history. You've got their library. Speaking of WCW, and I think you know Sting, even though he's an AEW, and you got Vader, who you know God rest his soul's pass on. They'd be proud of that match because it was uh, it was a little throwback, and I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought they told a a very uh, painful story, and they were right. The commentators that Cross does match up as big as McIntyre is, and he's still taller. Cross is just about as big, so it, it made a lot of sense why they were programmed together. Absolutely. I mean, unfortunately, uh, Scarlett got involved with the uh, the mace or the pepper spray or, you know. And I didn't see that coming. I, I no. wondered how they were going to finish it, but that was actually not bad. I, I didn't mind it because I'm thinking she's got to be a factor. And uh, Drew McIntyre was getting ready to do the Claymore, and that's when that was that spot. She she got maced him. As long as it's not another fireball, that's my only gri- gripe about this uh, yeah. this whole thing is that. As long as we didn't get the fireball segment, you were happy. I mean, <laughs> no, we'll, we'll take Mace over fireball anytime. Absolutely. Um, I mean, uh, Drew McIntyre. That's uh, you know he's had some wins on the on the on the daily sort of shows, but um, in terms of pay per view, that's two in a row now where he's uh, you know walked away with with the loss. So. Carrying Cross moving on to, I don't know whether this is over yet between these two. Uh, obviously, there's still some, uh, obviously, the fact that Scarlett got involved with the Mace and everything could lead on to another. Uh, I don't know that they are finished. I, I think they may at least continue it a little bit more, but you never know. Do you do you see Carrying Cross in the, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I honestly can sit here. We are starting to see people being built up and stuff, but who actually dethrones Roman? Could you see Carrying Cross being the guy to do that? Not right now. No, right, no, 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 not right now, no. Yeah. Oh, eventually, eventually yeah. Eventually down the line is what I mean. Sorry. Yeah, my bad. I misunderstood you. Uh, no, no, no. No, I, I, think, uh, I think eventually, yeah, there he could be a potential candidate, but uh, definitely they need to give him more time, get him wins over people like McIntyre that's faced Roman and, and really get his equity up, and I, that's what they're doing. So I, I think that, that he would be a, you know, a smart candidate, be somebody that nobody would expect and, and could uh, – match up with Roman and be a different style that Roman would have to really guess like anybody. How am I going to beat this guy? And he's got yeah. Scarlet. So she could account for some of the bloodline interference. Cause he would at least have Scarlet. He could align with somebody who knows. Be interesting to see who he would align with, if any, apart from Scarlet, obviously, but yeah. Um, well, maybe, well, maybe the Drew and uh, Carrying Cross is uh, not quite over yet. Uh, we both went for Cross on that one as well, Tyler. So, you know, you're still ahead of me on well, that one. <laughs> I know, and I, I'm about as shocked as anybody because with these predictions, you, it's always fascinating to me how the matches are going to go because my luck would be I would have picked them all a certain way, and that's when they somebody would have or all the uh, wrestlers would have lost or something. Uh, 
Yeah, <laughs> it's a, well, you're beating me at the moment, so you know. <laughs> I think you. I think actually, looking through the rest of the list, Tyler. To be fair, I think you've. Uh, I think you've beaten me. To be honest, anyway. Um, I think so so. I can claim victory. Yeah, I, I, I don't think so. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't know why. Well, we're going to move on to that match now, anyway. But yeah, the strap match was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, like you said, the finish with I figured Scarlett would get involved somehow, but I thought it was going to be more of a in the ring and trying to stop McIntyre from hitting him or, or whatever. And but actually, the mace thing I didn't see coming at all. So um, something different. I did not either. It yeah. was it, it, overall good match. So yeah, again, I think the match tonight. I think we both agree was probably Donny Brook <laughs> to a degree. Uh, the first match. It still couldn't beat that first match, even though I enjoyed this one. Uh, yeah. There was something, uh, an element to the Donny Brook match that just stole the show for me. Yeah, as we said at the top of the show, it could have been quite easily the uh, main event, couldn't it? Um, yeah, good match again. If you haven't seen this pay view, there are some. You know, despite the fact of how it all ended, which I think is going to, to a degree, I do worry that will overshadow some of these matches, but. Overall, the, the, some of the matches are really good. In terms of story, though, we'll move on to the other one in a bit. Um, before we get there, though, uh, the Raw Women's Championship, Belair versus Bailey in a ladder match, which, again, first time ever, uh, which I didn't realize we already spoke about, obviously, at the uh, on the prediction show. Um, I wouldn't say it was... I don't dislike this match, Tyler, but I would say it didn't quite live up to the hype maybe and I'm, or maybe it didn't have much of a build up to it i don't know <laughs> uh you know i i get what you're saying i actually gotta say i enjoyed the match i'm not gonna say it was the greatest thing in the world but i mean the way these uh these women have been uh building their storyline now I, i'm with you it hasn't had a long build but I, I do like the whole damage control taking on bianca belair yeah. and, and bailey getting her opportunity and I, I like the fact that we were kind of guessing, well, is Bianca going to lose the belt? But I, they made the right call. And I, I say WWE, not that I, I would know, but just that the keep it on the EST because she, uh, to me, I like long title reigns. And I think for Bailey to get it, I just don't know. Just because she's made the big return at SummerSlam, I don't, I don't think you just uh, hot potato that title just yet. Yeah, yeah. No, it makes it. Makes it I'm not, I enjoyed the match. Like I said, it, I think the build for me wasn't enough to – get me really invested but as the match went on i got you no no like, and I, it was like really I good completely respect it. Yeah. yeah yeah um the finish um that blimmin like moonsault or whatever with that ladder that landed on bailey or whatever it was was uh like i was like oh bailey um landed on her fingers or whatever and i'm like watch your fingers i'm like oh, oh yeah that that made me cringe too uh, there were some spots with those ladders uh that were brutal and uh Absolutely. man that spot where bianca what was it? A double KOD on, on uh, Dakota That's Kai? It, yeah. And, uh, yeah. God, that, that was a cool spot. Yeah. Cause yeah, I'm wondering cool. how is she going to be able to beat and overcome the odds? Cause both Oscar and bliss were supposedly injured. So she had no backup and, uh, and that was a clever way. And I, I'm trying to th- remember the finish. Cause that, that was getting close to it. Uh, there you'll have to help me out. Cause it was <laughs> neat how they changed up. That, that's the thing. The finishes are even different and I'm having to recall it. And I saw it. On yeah, yeah. I but saw, it was really I, neat. I, do you know what? I don't remember much after the KOD and then the, uh, the ladder, I think that was pretty much the finish and she climbed the ladder and grabbed the title, I think. But, um, cause those, no, I think that's it. I, yeah. There was just so many memorable spots, even watching the match or whether taking notes or just <laughs> looking at highlights again, I was trying to, sit here thinking, well, how did that happen? What was the next sequence? You know, I'm just interested yeah, now yeah. going back. I have to, I'm going to have to go back and watch it because it is one of those matches that I 
was a bit like this should I feel like it should be more of a bigger deal than it was made to be but as the match went on it's one of those matches where I was a bit like yeah it's going to be okay I think and then it got but it went from okay to being this is good I'm enjoying yeah, this I mean, I'm enjoying the story that's being told and uh, you know even though I went with um I think I went with Bailey didn't I to be honest uh, for my I, I think you went with Bailey yeah. and, and that's not a bad pick but I I just felt like Bianca had has a lot going for her, and I I didn't feel like she was going to lose the belt, even though Bailey was a a great challenger and somebody that could have easily beat her. I think it's timing right now. I think you must be in the minority because I put a poll up on Twitter as the show was going on for each match, and seventy percent I think it was went to Bailey becoming the new champion. So you know everybody thought Bailey was going to take it. I think, or at least a lot. I would say probably ninety percent of people thought Bailey was. It was going to popular walk out. opinion. So yeah. yeah they, um, well done for you. That's put you clear ahead, mate. And you, we've pretty much gone with the same picks after this. So you've won the night in terms of predictions. Well, well, yeah. What's that number percentage? Because uh, I, I want to poll on how right I was on that. No, because that may be my only times why I'm going to act like I'm going to brag. So. Well, I think you've got uh, you've got them all right apart. I think it was the uh, we both got the uh, Imperium match wrong. Because the brutes won it, so <laughs> the they, they showed us, didn't they? They were like, yeah. "Hey." You, Everybody wants to pick against us. We're going to win this thing. It was good. It was good. It was definitely the match of the one of the matches. Uh, I think the um, in terms of story match of the night. Uh, if we move on to Edge versus Finn Balor in the I Quit match, um, a slow start for me, um, but definitely got better and better as this match played out. I mean, how you, how how do you see this? I think it uh, it did get a lot better once they settled in and. Uh, you know, they they worked hard. Uh, to me, the finish really was better than the match, even though the match was good. I just, uh, I, I don't mean to skip ahead, but the story they told at the end. I'll tell you, I, I, I talked to you about this on the prediction show, that I wasn't really buying into Dominic Mysterio as a heel. But yeah. I'll tell you, it, patience is a virtue, because after this and what we saw on Raw, now I'm a believer. And I'm, I'm not just talking about the monkey song. I am, I'm, <laughs> I mean, I, I do really invest now and, and convinced, and I know Rhea had a lot to do with it, but Dominic, uh, give him a lot of credit. And I like how Beth Phoenix, hey, I think you may have called that. She did get involved. That's what it took for Edge to say I quit. And then Rhea went against that word and then the still chair shot. But I love that encounter prior because uh, we are going to get that, that dream match between Rhea and Beth and probably even in a tag team match scenario somehow between Judgment Day and Edge. So I think Finn had to go over. I, I think he deserves the push. And as much as I like Edge, I, I think you, I love the way they ended it. So I, how did you feel about it? I, well, exactly the same, to be honest. Uh, you know, Finn's mask is a bit questionable, but we'll leave it at that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think people with the memes were a shock master. Or something. Yeah, I, I, I thought maybe he was trying to emulate maybe Hellraiser maybe or something. Oh, it could have been Hellraiser because yeah, no. it was trendy. Maybe that's the better, yeah. with all due respect, the tugboat. You know, we, we all know how Shockmaster went. But. Yeah, yeah. We, even if you're not a full-on WCW fan, everybody knows how the Shockmaster thing <laughs> yeah. went down. You know, he was, he was trying to debut and that wall was just uh, yeah. in the way and, you know, crashing through. So. Use a door maybe next time. That's what I, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think now he's thinking that, that in the creative for WCW was thinking the same thing. Oh, there are Let's put a door there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it made me laugh. The, um, yeah, the <laughs> I quit match. Uh, again, it was quite a slow start for me, like you, like I've already said, but um, the way it's panned out, uh, the heat that um, 
Judgment Day have got after this is the heat they needed. Because I feel like they, they were kind of hated and they're being booed. But this is now like, it feels right. like genuine hate now. Because not only, you know, they threatened to hit uh, Beth with the concerto. They, if you don't quit. So Edge quits, obviously protect his wife. They did it anyway. But before that, you also had Dominic actually physically assault his dad. And the crowd were really booing that. So, um, you know, I think yeah, a lot of things tied in that. And that's what I'm saying. That made me a, a believer of Dominic's heel turn uh, as kind of the punk. I, Judgment Day was the uh, correct vehicle because I was kind of questioning why he needed to be aligned with that group. And now they've uh, he's benefited. I'll, I'll go back to a word you use. I, I mean, I think they all have from this whole angle. Yeah, absolutely. And I think. um Again, the right heat. Uh, um, as long as they can keep that momentum going, um, I got a bit of a theory. oh, and Ed, Edge with the low blow too. I forgot about yeah, that spot. Yeah. That was good where he got him back from Clash of the Castle, where yeah, Dominic did him, and then he got him. In yeah, yeah. I was like, I, I kind of pop for that because I'm like, that's the way you get the story going. Yeah, back. yeah, a little like callback, like you said to Clash of the Castle, and uh, so yeah. No, overall, in terms of storytelling, you know, the wrestling was good, but in terms of storytelling, really good. And actually, probably the first time since Judgment Day came out, I was interested in Judgment Day when Edge was a part of it. Um, I was interested when they kind of broke away from him, but I was a bit like, I don't feel like they've, they hadn't quite hit their stride. And with this uh, Extreme Rules, if they can keep this type of thing going, we've got a good heel faction coming out of this. Um, uh, and obviously, we're, at some point, I believe Ray is going to... Uh, you know, he's going to probably take a few more, almost like Kane and Undertaker back in the day. You know, Undertaker wouldn't fight his brother. Obviously, their brother's a bit different from a father-son. But at some point, I believe uh, <laughs> Ray is going to not, not going to take it for much longer. Put it this way. Yeah, and that's the thing. Ray, they're teasing uh, where Ray's going to have to uh, defend himself eventually. Uh, I think it's been masterful. I, like you said, uh, storytelling's a big part of wrestling. I mean, it's crucial. Uh, and it's evident what we're seeing transpire. I, that's, to me, as good as the match was, that's where the the storytelling was so good it overshadowed it in a way. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Um but I'm definitely interested to see how where this goes going forward. Obviously, we had the moment between Rhea and Beth as well, which I almost forgot about, which I couldn't believe, which we've been waiting for for a while, I think. Uh, Rhea versus Yeah, that Beth. was great. Yeah. Crowd were into that big time, and I was popping for that at the time. The brass knucks were... Uh... <laughs> and she borrowed them from Regal. Regal must have left them behind when he left yeah, WWE. Yeah, William Regal, you know, War Games is coming up and Survivor Series, and he thought, hey, just because I'm in AEW, there's your brass knucks. You can... Pick it up. There you go. Yeah, Regal should have been a bit more of in a. I know he had a couple of like groups or whatever, and a bit of a faction in ECW back in the day. But like uh, in terms of the WWE ECW, but he should have been like a leader more of a of a of a faction, a heel faction. I think would have been really good. But uh, you know, oh, I I love anything William Regal does. Uh, he just <laughs> like you said, he's just a consummate professional. He knows psychology. He's a great wrestler. He's great at about anything. So just give me William Regal any day of the week. <laughs> Hold down your uh, your wrestling promotion. Start it off with William Regal. <laughs> That's what yeah, just, just have him come in. And I, I just want him to come back, even if AEW could just agree and just have him say war games, and then they can have him back. You know when. Well, yeah, <laughs> I don't know whether they would allow that's that. That's not going to happen. That, that's my fantasy booking, yeah. kind of like, you know, Billy Gunn will, I'm going to head of myself with Raw because it all ties in. So, you know, forgive yeah, me, I'm yeah. jumping all over the place. <laughs> no worries. Um, 
Well, we've only got one more match. Obviously, we both, I will say our picks quickly, we both went for Finn Balor on that one. Um, it made sense for us, and obviously it's panned out. It panned out probably a bit more violently than, and even in terms of story going forward, you know, Beth knocked out already, then also hit with a concerto, and Dominic hitting his father, and... Much more than I expected. Absolutely, which I'm glad, actually. I like that, because it leaves it open to um, potential matches and stories down the line. Yeah, we suspend our disbelief, uh, a point you made earlier. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, I part of me was like, when uh, when Rhea did the uh, concerto, I was like, I knew when Edge said I quit, they were still going to do it anyway. In my head, I was like, they're still going to do this, um, regardless of what Edge does. Um, yep. Ed, you know, Edge could give them a million dollars or whatever, and then still they would do, you know, hit Beth with those chairs. Because I think the Rhea actually uttered the words, you taught us too well before she did it as well. Yeah, they, they learn from the master. And if you're going to be the true, uh, you know, heel or heels, uh, plural, because of, of a group, then you, you've got to do stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, so we ended up with, because uh, I didn't know if the I Quit match was going to be the main event or whether it was going to be Riddle versus Seth, and it ended up being Riddle versus Seth, which is one of the matches we highlighted as being matches of the night. Um, we both went for Riddle on this one. So again, points to us. Uh, you've like... Yeah, we, I mean, we, we got that one correct, because it's kind of like with the Cross McIntyre situation, even Finn Balor Edge scenario I, I felt like riddle needed the win yeah no 100 percent um this is actually my first experience watching a fight pit match because i never seen the others before um and uh the ufc fight i forgot cornet com how do you say his yeah name? yeah cormier or cormier. something yeah 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 daniel um, cormier i think he you know i think he did quite a good job actually to be fair he wasn't too much in the way he, uh, he did his job. I, I think he uh, he knows enough to just stay out of the way. And I liked how he uh, told each man, you know, he had to get a little bit physical without really needing to do too much. And, and that's all he need, uh, was uh, required of him. Uh, so I, I thought he did a fine job. And, hey, here's a little disclaimer. I have not got to watch this match either, a fight pit match. Oh, okay. So this is a both our, what are you thinking about the fight pit match then? Because it's my first rodeo, so to speak, on this one. I thought it was pretty neat. I, I kind of like the concept how they could go up top and then, but you still have to win it down it on the canvas in the mat and stuff. And I thought it it posed a lot of uh, unique, uh, intricate ways of how you could tell the story. So I, I was fine with it. Uh, I was going to ask you though. I was scared for Matt Riddle because it looked like he slipped a little bit off trying to do that senton or whatever that splash was. Yeah, and the maybe senton he, at the yeah. end. Yeah. Um. Uh, to be honest, when he, I don't know whether it was the camera angle or what, but it looked like he slipped. I agree, but also when he came down and hit Seth, maybe it, I don't know whether he slipped, so it you know so he didn't have as much control as you would have, as much as you can have when you you know toy with gravity, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, well, that, that's a good point. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it looked like he hit Seth hard. You know whether that was meant to or he didn't quite get the. I don't know whether it's the camera angle, but it didn't look like he jumped it far enough. Been. You know, it didn't look right when he when he hit Seth. I was like, oh, you know, I, I was I was cringing for both of them because I'm like, either way, you guys are going to be hurting. Yeah, I thought it was a, I thought it was a really good uh, match actually. To be honest, um, I think there's a lot more potential with that type match type as well. Um, obviously, my first sort of viewing of it. Um, it's a good way, also, I feel to. I mean, it's going back to the old school end of rivalry in a cage match, isn't it? But 
it's a yeah, it's got a lot of old school elements. Yeah, it's it's evolved a bit in a sense of it's uh, no ropes and you know got a bit of a platform at the top, and then obviously it's submission only, which is cool. I always do enjoy a good submission match. Uh, you know, being yeah, because s- it it makes you uh, have to uh, change up the way you go about the match, your strategy if you're a, a certain wrestler. And Seth, this was out of his comfort zone, and it did favor Riddle. But Seth did a great job of of uh, competing against Riddle. But at the end, the submission, uh, you know, submissions are the strong suit of Riddle, and it, it paid off at the end for him. I, I don't know whether it's just me, but whether whether you view it this way. But when it's a submission match, I think you're more you you pay more attention. I think because you're waiting for that that move to be locked in, and a tap out can occur. I'm not going to say the tap out came out of nowhere in this match, but it's all of a sudden it happened. It was like, oh, crikey, you know, obviously Seth tried to fight him off. Yeah, it's like they had to do it around 10 or yeah, so. Yeah, so. Probably because of time. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, it was good. I, I enjoyed it, actually. Um, I did too. I thought it was good. I mean, again, I've always liked the idea of possibly having a match like that, but you have like a ladder match and the title's hung above the cage or something like that as well. I also thought that'd be quite cool to do a ladder match inside a steel cage. But you know, that's I don't know how that would work. That would be neat. Uh, Logistically, man, you got me intrigued. Yeah, that, that. <laughs> now, always... now I want to see it. <laughs> well, if anybody steals the idea, which I'm sure somebody has already done it, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm sure maybe Stampede Wrestling back in the day did it, maybe without us knowing. I don't know, but um, it could have been. Yeah, yeah. the Hearts uh, promotion. Uh, yeah, um, no, good match. So um, again, I keep coming back to the Donnybrook match. Was uh, not. I'm not saying it. I feel like that is the match of the night for me. I don't, I, I even nothing against Riddle, uh, you know, Edge and Finn Balor. The story was brilliant. Drew McIntyre and Karen Cross, we've still got, I think we've come to the conclusion that there's still more to come in that one. But the Riddle Seth one obviously was good in a sense of finality, like we're now done with this um, and we're going to move on Yeah. to our next opponents, whoever they, whoever they might be. Um, I think it's it's time, and and we kind of well we we found out the night after actually that well, this we did, was yes, the yeah. conclusion. That that's true because it made me have to uh, go back and recall. And yeah, you know, Raw really uh, told us a lot. It revealed a lot at, even after a show that you know we'll get to it. That uh, speaking of reveals, that's a teaser. Yeah, well done. Good. It's almost like you've done podcasts before. Um, I've, I've done a few, but <laughs> thankfully I've got people who uh, know what they're talking about that can help me. So yeah. <laughs> like yourself. Uh, um, see, I got to the point, I'll tell you from my perspective, you can tell me from yours um, after, but the, so the riddle match ends, uh, good match, enjoyed it. Um, I got to be some crack ribs in there somewhere. I feel like there must be at least in terms of got to be some injuries, yeah. definitely some uh, aching going on uh, the next day. I would imagine. Um, and I'm thinking, well, we've had a couple of teasers, you know, in terms of we had a sim on the pre-show as well with the the White Rabbit, and it took over the broadcast, and it did it in the Donny Brook match, I think, as well. Um, and there was uh, then the uh, Extreme Rules logo copyright thing came up on the left hand side of the screen. I'm like, oh, they're not it, what? So what's all this QR? And in my head, my head's going like a million miles an hour. And so the thing comes up on the screen. I'm going, well, okay, they're not doing it then. Who is this? Who is this QR code? Are they going to do more tomorrow night? And before I can even finish the thought, the thing disappears and the lights go out. And I went, oh, oh. And I literally marked out big time for this because they teased it right to the last moment. Which I thought was brilliant because they they had me too. I was like, okay, I guess we're not going to see the identity of the White Rabbit or if it's going to be who we think it is. And sure enough, they... uh, 
they were just making us think a little bit longer. It was coming. It, it was uh, even talking about it with you now. Again, I must have watched this at least fifteen times, Tyler. To be honest with you, and I have. Yeah, you were very honest about it. You've watched it more times than I have, and I've went back and, and reviewed it. And I, I would, you know, be in agreement. It it was uh, very masterful the way they did it. And uh, I'll tell you, this may be easily, as far as at least the modern day and and throughout wrestling, one of the better jobs that they've done with this kind of thing. Yeah, no, I I mean, a lot, there's been a lot of, neg- not negativity, there's been a lot of shots from AEW fans as well, which I'll talk about probably another time, but um, about the whole Bray Wyatt coming not. out. Um, yeah, it, it wound me up a little bit, to be honest. But anyway, back to the point. Um, it's a case of, yeah, I, I wouldn't let myself believe this was Bray, even though at this point we have seen the characters from the Firefly Funhouse, we've seen the Firefly Funhouse, and then we have a person coming out in a mask with the lantern, which is should be and clearly be Bray Wyatt. But until the mask actually came off, uh, Tyler, I was still going, please, 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 please. And when the mask came off, the crowd popped big time. Um, and I uh, had to be quite reserved because we're talking about 4 a.m. for me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you didn't want to wake up at everybody at 4 a.m. because that's true with the time difference over yeah. in Great Britain. But. I, I'm with you. I was still kind of not trying to get overly excited because I'm thinking this could all just be one swerve. big swerve. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And it would have been it would have been perfect too. But I'm thinking it's got to be Bray after that lantern, and then seeing the the uh, characters. I mean, just enough of that that ending tease, and uh, I'm with you. But the see Bray Wyatt back was surreal. I'm like, okay, this has confirmed that they they really teased it on SmackDown prior. I did catch the clip of the latest white rabbit vignette and uh people can say what they want to about bray white but there i have never found anybody more creative and as well versed in his character than i have of wendell rotunda who is bray white uh, just amazing i mean to get a character over like the fiend in this day and age obviously back in the attitude era along with the undertaker it probably would have made sense but to get that character over in this day and age um, with the mask and everything, and people, you know, screaming "Holy!" Sh-, and all that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I think, it's pretty impressive, and I'm, I'm very looking forward to seeing what he does. I think he's going to be on SmackDown uh, by the sounds I, of it. I think for SmackDown, yeah, that's what I heard. And I, I was just going at this point, just real quick, uh, for fans to have missed him and have appreciated him to come back in WWE for re-signing him. Here's the deal. That shows you uh, that going away does help, you know, wh- yeah, whether does, you want to yeah. admit it or not. I mean, because Bray Wyatt, as talented as he is, he's still, to me, an attraction. So this was perfect. I mean, this was – it's easy for me to say after the fact, but it's just another great example of this. Yeah, it's a, it's a great way of, like you said, it's a refresh, a restart, however you want to look at it. I think it's a great way of um... – I mean, it hasn't been that long, really, in, in retrospect of how long he's been away, but he's been away long enough. <laughs> yeah, it's been long enough where people, and with all the rumors and, and the teasing from uh, the White Rabbit videos and cryptic messages, we, we've talked about it. It just It's made everybody anticipate it more and more, and it, that it's the build within our, our own excitement, plus what we're seeing you know, really unfold in front of the camera. So it, it all ties in together nicely. Yeah, absolutely. And I did notice, we'll move on to Raw as well, obviously. I know you've seen it. We'll, we'll do a brief uh, overview Yeah, I did get to watch it. Yeah, um, I actually enjoyed Raw this week. Um, 
I think the show flowed pretty well overall. Um, maybe I, all, the, all I did watch maybe about an hour and a half, then went and did some other stuff and came back. So maybe that might be why. Because I tell you what, sitting there for three hours is a long time, as we've it, already it said. It can be tough. You about yeah. have to be moving, doing something, maybe even have it in the background. Or if there's a certain match or segment that entices you, then you're you're kind of finding yourself focusing on it. Yeah. I do want to break because obviously we just talked about Bray Wyatt. I love. To, I want to see. I can't wait to see what that guy does next and what's going to be happening going. Oh forward. yeah, if, even if I don't get to watch SmackDown, if there's a highlight just dedicated to what Bray's going to do, I'm going to be all for it. You know, yeah, I'll be absolutely. Watching. I will say there was a segment in Raw where a QR code was on the back of a chair, so they are still teasing QR. I didn't get a chance to scan it. I haven't actually looked it up yet to see what it was about. But there was a QR code on, uh, I think it was either the back of a chair or somebody's T-shirt. I can't remember now. There was somebody in the background, like just doing very whatever. interesting. So they're yeah, still I, got... I miss that, and I watch Raw, but I guess I, you know that's it, what I'm saying. Even little details is what's uh, so neat because I don't recall that, but I, I'm not doubting it. I, that, you, I'm glad. I'm glad they did it. I tell you what, though, if you if you look away for half a second, you'd missed it because it was in the background and it was just, I believe, I can't remember if it was on a chair or on somebody's t-shirt title, to be totally honest with you, but um, it was there and it was gone, you know, it was gone like almost like that. So, you know, see, I, I love what they're doing there. Uh, they're, and how the commentators don't always uh, acknowledge it speaking, you know, with all due respect to Roman Reigns, but you know, that those reveals with the QR codes, I think that's brilliant storytelling, too, in yeah. its own way. I actually like the fact they didn't mention these videos or QR codes or social media or anything like that, um, to be honest, during this whole build-up to Extreme Rules, you know? Um, yeah, because it, it made the surprise that much more meaningful and special. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think we already touched upon it very quickly, but we've got to mention the fact that DX were opening the show. I know we kind of talked about it earlier. Um I did find it funny that Triple H was wearing the glasses, which I... I, I did too. Like, very stoic, uh, sitting in his chair. It, it just reminded me of Vincent Mann, to be honest, because you see old clips of him backstage wearing those types of glasses. Whether they're Vince's or whether Triple H genuinely needs them, I don't know. Um, but I did feel like now he's become the old man, if that makes sense, especially with the no, DX No, he has. He, he's had to, and I, that's a, a, a fair comparison because they were saying, you know, trying to do the frat boy stuff... <laughs> And Triple yeah. H was convincing them, hey, listen, I've got to run raw, man. I'm in a big position now. You guys can't just come in here. And, and to be fair, Shawn Michaels and Road Dogg is all in great positions in WWE, but it was funny how they, they played on that. Yeah. So I thought that was clever. It, it was just typical DX in in subtle ways. They they can't go back in time and do the full-on DX. It was a different era, but they still gave us just enough to where we were we were pleased we were laughing i was like uh, i was like at the start of raw i was chuckling to you know i was laughing i was like yeah this is this is good i like this um i mean we won't, they didn't do much else really we saw a couple of segments backstage with the uh, road dog making a match for next week can he even do yeah, that we did. He, he was, <laughs> I, I guess he can you know that's what even Corey graves or i think kevin uh patrick the, the new guy that's been the interviewer I think that's what they were even saying. Can can Road Dog make a match? You know, but he did. Him and uh, Michaels. I guess with Michaels though, maybe being over NXT. What was it, Loomis and Miz? I know we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but yeah, yeah. That was that's been some pretty uh, interesting TV. But I, I'm I'm still perplexed on where they're going with it. That that's I'm one of the things. Glad you said that it. because I'm like, what? Where is this going? Are we? <laughs> it's just taken. Because we've had no uh, dialogue at all from Loomis whatsoever. He's just been coming after for Miz. Yeah. 
even at Extreme and, and it's Rules, like so. it's been birthday segments or just certain segments where they're celebrating something or he's uh, backstage with Miz, uh, like at Extreme Rules, which I, I do like how they tied that for this following Raw, keeping that story going without them needing to have a match. Yeah, it's good. Uh, with, with the mascot for the, you know, the Philadelphia Flyers, I'm assuming. But anytime I get to see, and I'm being honest with respect, I say this with all the dignity that I can't have missed, but to see Maurice come out is worth it. I, I really, <laughs> uh, I, I revealed too much. Speaking of reveals, I probably should have shut up. Uh, <laughs> now nah, don't worry about it. We're just going to like glide through raw a little bit and choose some of the best moments. <laughs> that, that, that's it. his cue for saying, well, we're going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, the Maurice stress was, uh, um, yeah, we need to move on. Um, so, yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, um, that that woman, uh, yeah, wow, um, could, uh, yeah, wow, yeah. Uh, well, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna get myself in trouble. I I, I normally tease this doing uh, during the Attitude Years podcast that I've been uh, lucky to do, and, and anytime Sable or, or some attractive lady comes out, I have to. But that's what we do. We transition to the next match because we're gonna get ourselves uh, deeper, <laughs> yeah. deeper in trouble. Uh, hey, we were all seventeen once, you know. It it, it happens. Uh. Yeah, so, I, I still have to be careful. Seventeen don't creep back up. Uh, <laughs> we are definitely moving on now. Um, the, <laughs> the, so DX, I will. I'm going to sort of jump all over the place with Raw this week. There are some good moments in here in terms of stories and stuff. And uh, but uh, DX closed the show. Um, I'm not going to say it was as you know exciting as maybe the thousandth episode of Raw was back in about what 2013, I think it was 2014, something like that. I think uh, so. It's been some years. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, they closed the show. It was it was all right, you know. But the opening segment was better in a sense of them trying to coax Triple H to not do his job <laughs> and stuff like that. And but yeah, I it, thought it was it was fantastic. It was good fun. It was good fun. Um, one thing that I am always and I like the way they've progressed this, especially with Roman not being on TV as much uh, like regularly. But the Bloodline story with Sami Zayn. Jey Uso, Sokoa, you know, and Jimmy and all that. Um, and again, we saw a bit more of this on Raw this week. And now um, Roman wanted to lay into Jay, I think, a little bit. But Sammy said, you put me in charge of him. Let me handle this. And then Jay convinced him to have a match. Like, who did he have against Riddle? Yeah, wasn't it's entertaining. It? Yeah, Riddle. Yeah. 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 See, what happened, you know, Sammy has just been so funny. He said Usi or something, and then the crowd was... <laughs> they and that, that was funny. Yeah, yeah, that exactly. was great. I mean, he just had to say one word, and then uh, they. I, I don't think Riddle was allowed to say it or some of the words that the bloodline used. You know, and I, I like uh, the whole... Yeah, yeah. Uh, the buildup between, you know, Jay or wait a minute, is it Jimmy and, and Sammy, like you were saying? It was just, it's so entertaining because eventually they're going to have to turn on him. But he, people have compared the Owen Hart uh, nation of domination spots. So that, that's been interesting with Sammy oh, being okay. in the bloodline. Uh, I, I don't know that. I don't know if that's a fair comparison, but it sure is interesting. Uh, oh, okay. That's good. I, no, I didn't even think of it that way, to be fair. So. Um, Jay obviously doesn't hide the fact that he doesn't like Sammy, doesn't trust Sammy and everything. Um, but when Roman ends up leaving the building, um, taking Sokoa with him, poor Heyman, they go into, they go into Manhattan apparently, go and have a few cocktails. I yeah, suppose. they're, they're going to have some, a party or something. <laughs> I can't imagine Roman Reigns, the head of the table, drinking a Cosmopolitan in Manhattan, but there we go. Um, <laughs> I want that picture. Is that going to leak out? Here we got the head of the table. We'll have to Photoshop he, it. 
Yeah, that, somebody could Photoshop and go, here, here's Roman. He was with Paul Heyman. They're out partying in Manhattan <laughs> yeah, um, with some fancy restaurant or something. Yeah, um, and then Roman said to Jay, you're staying. You've got to make sure Sammy wins his match. Uh, then during the match, Sammy's like, stop getting involved, Jay. I can handle it. You told me to handle it. So there's a miscommunication there. Um, ultimately, Sammy loses to Matt Riddle. Uh, Jay Uso finds it quite amusing. Jimmy's a bit more like, what the hell? Sammy's like, what the hell? Um, so it's going to be interesting on what happens with that, whether it happens on SmackDown or whether we're on next week on Raw. Um, but yeah, this whole Bloodline story is, again, something I tune into for to see how it's going to pan out with Sami Zayn. And Sami Zayn, I've got to give him some props here, that guy has taken everything he's been given and made it pretty much... This is probably the best thing he's done recently. But Yeah, I think it's some of his best work now, and he's done some remarkable stuff. I'm, I think, you know, Sami Zayn is one of those that's underrated, and it took me a lot of time to really get his character, but now it's starting to click with me. I, he is just so captivating, and I, I think him and the Bloodline is ingenious on WWE's creative. I mean, it, it's really gave the Bloodline a kind of freshen them up from a, a different point of view. It, I mean, what, what are you seeing there? That, that's kind of my take a little bit. Uh, yeah, I agree 100%, to be honest. It's, um, it's just, I don't know how it's going to play out. I feel, would they kick Jay out of the Bloodline and favor Sammy? You know, you know I can see that happening. I can too, and that way, you know, Jay's got to maybe feud with him again. Mm. Wouldn't that be a turn of events? Because we we saw that earlier, but they could go back to it due to Sammy. Or if they do kick Sammy out, a lot of people want to see him and KO for you know reform and maybe channel. Oh yeah, there is that as well. I didn't think of that actually. Um, I mean, there's obviously there's been talk for now for years um, about Rock coming in, and I'm you know you know obviously being the Annoy family and everything like. Are we going to see Rock Roman? I don't know. I, I don't know. But uh, you know, I've I've saw the clips of interviews he's just recently done, and everybody's of course asking him that his views on the bloodline, or if he acknowledges Roman. And of course, one he said he does, and then the other is like he's the head of the table. So there's a little subtleties there that makes you wonder: Are we going to get it? That's the, the beautiful thing about wrestling. You just never know. I mean, I do. I... I think, I I don't know, when I first heard it, I was like, I'd quite like to see that. And as it's gone on, Roman has taken on a life of his own with this title run, the bloodline, Heyman. Do we necessarily need to see it? Um, I don't know, but I suppose it would make a good match for people to see. Uh, I, and I don't think I would, it's not like I'm going to turn it off if it does happen. <laughs> but I just don't know whether we necessarily, and not for the title, I don't know. I, but then I suppose it would have to be, and maybe I—I I, I think I'd be happy with it as long as Roman walks out with the title. No offense to the Rock; the Rock's amazing. Um, but if you're going to do it, I feel like you probably need to have Roman sort of be the be the. You victor. still got to push him. Yeah, you still got to have Roman as going over <laughs> being your uh, champion. I—I I, I fully see where you're going with that. Uh, I definitely want to see the match, but. Uh, I see the other side of it that you're uh, pointing out there. Yeah. Uh, do we do we really, you know, even need it at this point? But I, I think just because they're going to be in Hollywood and it's been the match everybody's talking about, they're they're actually relatives and and they're they're both, you know, the Rock was for his era and and still uh, just one of the biggest stars, not just in wrestling but Hollywood. That now you got Roman as the big star in wrestling and he's done some film thanks to the Rock and all those connections and to see how they can make sense of a story to play out for WrestleMania. I think that's enough to what they're thinking of, the box office aspect of it. It would definitely, uh, you know, and, and I don't know whether it's a case of maybe Roman loses the title 
And then Rock comes out and says, well, you're clearly not the head of the table. And yet he's been champion for X amount of years. And it could lead that way. So maybe the title doesn't need to be involved with it. I don't know. It could Very be possible. Fam- you know, it could be a family feud, maybe. <laughs> so there we go. And and that, that would be some, you know, something. I hate to keep being redundant with that word, but that, it comes to mind that you, you could do like a family feud. And we're not talking the game show. We're talking they're going to wrestle. <laughs> we, call it, uh, we call it family fortunes over here. <laughs> well, family fortunes. Well, that is neat. Yeah, it's... Uh, we, you know, it's the family feud over here, but yeah. family fortunes has a nice ring to it. <laughs> I don't know which came first. I have no idea, to be honest with you. I don't either, so I can't but, claim bragging uh, rights uh, for us either. I'm, you know, I'm not going to say Steve, it. This is it. This Steve Harvey, isn't it? The the, the yeah, the, Steve Harvey's yeah, the one yeah, over yeah. here. The uh, the clips I see on TikTok and YouTube and stuff. He's a funny guy. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it, oh, it's he good. he's very entertaining. <laughs> um. Well, so happened on Raw. Johnny Gargano. Um, I love the fact that Gargano. So he took on Theory. Theory's been losing a lot lately, even though he's Money in the Bank winner. We still we didn't even touch upon that before Extreme Rules. I suppose the title wasn't being there, but I mean, are we going to see Theory cash this in at any point? I have no idea. But Gargano, and he's lost to Gargano. He's lost to KO. Uh, I love the fact that Gargano, by the way, is winning with that DDT over the top rope. Um, oh, I love that move. One of my biggest pet peeves ever has been. When somebody gets hit by a DDT and then they like literally don't sell it, <laughs> it annoys the hell oh, out of me. I can't stand that because that, that has been a finisher and it's it's kind of like the super kick now. Everybody's kind of doing it for a moveset yes, instead of yeah. finish. But for Gargano to make that his finisher, that final heartbeat, I, I love that yeah. he's brought that back and where the match is over. I mean, there's and he did it twice actually, which to make sure his opponent was down, uh, speaking of theory, but. You wonder about what direction Theory's going to go because he is the Money in the Bank winner, and he, he's very talented, obviously, as well, and, and the look and everything. But Gargano is actually the new guy as far as the roster. You know, he's Theory, let's be fair, has got the push and been on the main roster uh, more than Gargano. But this is a way to get Gargano to be built uh, up on the main roster but I, I don't know how much or, or how many times Theory needs to lose, though, because you, you do feel like, well, we don't need to bury him. But I get there why, you know, Gargano went over. Yeah, 100%, yeah. Um, it's, I, I've liked, I feel like Theory's been, maybe they're doing this on purpose. I feel like Theory's been given sort of a back seat at the moment. And then obviously when he has matches, he's he's kind of not on the on the winning end half the time now. Um, and he's, I think I've noticed he's not really doing the selfie thing as much. Now, whether that's a way of keeping me in the shadows. And then when he does cash in, it's like, Oh my God, we forgot about theory type sort of vibe. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, um, I'll, t- I'll tell you something else too. People are going to probably send their hate tweets at me for saying this, but maybe they could even do like, not quite the same, but like a Baron Corbin, that part of me kind of thing where theory keeps losing. And and like you're saying, that's where he comes out of the shadows and this is the, the catalyst that he needs. I mean, maybe that's that's kind of coming out of left field, but I'm trying to think outside the box yeah. a little bit. I mean, I, I was under the impression, I've said on the podcast many times, that maybe theory gets too cocky, puts the Money in the Bank briefcase on the line, and somebody else ends up with it. I don't know. I could see that happening. Um, yeah. But, Where it maybe humbles him, and eventually he's been such a good heel, maybe uh, he'd be primed for a babyface run. Then I see. I think he works. Uh, yeah, I could see that happening. But I think at the moment, especially the way he's been, maybe that's he's what, so natural. He's as so the, natural as a heel. I don't know whether 
it would take a bit of work, I think, for him to be the the baby face. Maybe, maybe not. They could probably do it in one night. I don't know. Um, I quite like the fact that he's a heel. He's been a bit not as loud as he has been. Um, but maybe they're doing this on purpose. I'm hoping they're not going to like strip everything away because despite the fact, yes, I know he was Vince's boy. Maybe that's why they're doing it because obviously everything else is going on outside the company or was. So you kind of want to distance yeah. him maybe. Um but, uh, yeah. Well, and it, it makes a compelling storyline, even if that's not even the reason. Just to say, because Vince was involved in, in storylines with the company, and and they were seen together, and and why not still, uh, you know, play with that a little bit, even if it's not anything to do with what's going on in real life. I, I think it's still pretty clever. Yeah. No. Um, I think there was, just, there was some good matches on Raw. I don't think we need to necessarily go for everything. Um, obviously, Gargano's. Uh, other half, Candice LeRae's back. She's uh, she beat uh, I think she beat Dakota Kai, didn't she? I think if I remember rightly, if I'm trying to remember. No, right. she, I think she beat Bailey. Or was it? Was she against Bailey? Oh yes, I she... Think, yeah, she was against Bailey. Now Bailey, she did sorry, face yeah. Dakota Kai. No, that's okay. I, I I had to look. Actually, I'll admit I've got results pulled up. So yeah, that, yeah. I, I've told on the, myself. The, the Dakota uh, Kai match was on the third of October. So I've, I've uh, yeah, that was the wrong one. <laughs> No, but hey, you were still not off because she did face her. I mean, yeah, that, yeah. that's true. But uh, Bailey and uh, what happened, uh, Bailey got beat. So there, it's almost like we were talking theory. Uh, this is intriguing because now she's lost twice. To and I know they got to build up Larray, but and they did get the heat they on her because Damage Control came out. That's and it, Bianca, that's it. yeah, that's it. I remember. Yeah, that. Bianca yeah, yeah. was going to help her. But then they attacked her because, well, and I guess they did get some retribution from the latter match yeah. and, and her not winning. So I, I can see the logic. I, but it's even when I can see the logic, I, I don't know about you, it still got me a little confused. I still, I'm still trying to think of scenarios how to get me to that point. Yeah, I'm sure there will be at some point. It will come together, like you know, so you said with the whole Dominic thing. Patience is a virtue. Sometimes <laughs> you don't need. It is, listen, and you know. I, I got to admit, even in life, with a lot of things, I need to have more patience, and yeah. even with wrestling, and and that I think it's a beautiful thing when we are, and they're patient, even if we're not, yeah, because it pays off, like you were saying. Uh, man, you're a poet. Okay, Bob Dylan. I mean, the Mysterio family saga is still playing out on Raw as well. Mysterio was in a match, and within seconds of it starting. Uh, Rhea and Dominic came out. Then the rest of Judgment Day, you know, it's just um, them sort of imposing their will again um, over it. So we're yeah. still seeing that bill. But what this, the reason I mention it, it led to probably the, um, I mean, the pot, the pot wasn't that big, but I, I liked it. Um, we had AJ Styles come out um, and once again, Finn Balor trying to offer the, uh, the olive branch to uh, AJ Styles and saying, you know, you need to join Judgment Day. And it looked like he was going to do it. I genuinely believed he was going to join them. Um, you know, um, he, he sold me too, because the way he embraced and that, that once again, is great storytelling. And uh, he had me convinced. I thought he was going to join his old uh, Bullet Club buddy, Finn, there, and yeah. and become a Judgment Day member, because right? he even got on his knees, hugged him, and embraced. And, and then what he said, though, after, when that expression changed, then he got us again, because we knew, oh, well, he's not going to join them. No, and then, uh, you know, I've, I've been alone too long, you know, and Finn's like, you know, I'm glad you've seen sense. I can't remember exactly what he said, something about like, you know, uh, good to have family or whatever it was. And then he said, uh, I wasn't basically AJ's facial expression changes, Tyler said, and, you know, I wasn't talking to you. And then Gallows and Anderson have returned to WWE and I did let out a bit of a, 
yeah, like a like a you know <laughs> a goal, the winning match goal <laughs> at the end of it. Uh, luckily, the house is empty at that point, so uh, you know, I didn't wake anybody up or. Uh, <laughs> annoy anybody oh um, that's true because it, it would have been late again at early morning so I, well i watched it the uh, i watched it in the morning the day after so because obviously oh the whole, i got you so, yeah um, the, the morning after no way am i staying up uh, two in a row and i'd love to i, I don't blame you sometimes <laughs> you gotta be careful we, we still need our, our rest that's for sure our sleep Absolutely. but I, I enjoyed it yeah and we we got you know the rumors that's the only thing we already kind of knew a little bit about maybe where this was leading but it still was effective uh, Anderson and Gallo's coming back, you know, because their contracts with Impact were up. They're they're still working with New Japan, uh, surprisingly, because I think they hold titles, or, or Carl Anderson does. But you know, AJ Styles gets his uh, boys back, so it, he needed backup. And hey, they got a nice pop, a nice reception. I think people in Brooklyn didn't forget they were they were down. It was for good, this, yeah. So. I mean, I, yeah. I I read that their contracts were up, but I didn't really put two and two together because I I think I had it in my head that AJ. I was like, maybe AJ is going to join the Judgment Day, but it doesn't feel like it would make sense, though. But it, but at the same time, it would make sense. So I kept going backwards and forwards in my own head. And then when he did the the face change and I wasn't talking to you line, and at Gallows and Anderson came out, I was like, this is cool. And I've also, I could be wrong on this. This is where my theory comes in. Uh, no pun intended from talking about Austin Theory earlier. But um, no, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, um, but um, I could see now, now we've got the club and AJ, Edge has also got uh, some issues with the Judgment Day. I don't know how. Maybe they have another person, but quite easily you could see AJ, uh, mate, and Gallows and Anderson possibly with Edge and uh, Judgment Day with somebody else. Maybe um, War Games coming up could quite possibly happen. Um, we've got time to build that story. I see what you did there, and I, I'm with it. I, I, I can't wait for War Games, to be honest. I'm hoping it's going to be good, but you need to have a, a good story. Obviously, you've got the guys like the Brawling Brutes and Imperium over there on SmackDown brawling, so there's that, There's also that possibility over there. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Unless it's just going to be a War Games Raw versus SmackDown, I don't know. Um, we're not quite there yet, but um, there's a lot of opportunities now where we could see a proper like grudge almost like a gang war type thing in war games, like old school stages and, and going that, at it that's and factions. What, yeah, that, that's what you need uh, because that's what war games is about. If you look at the WCW, uh, the, the Crockett days, I mean, the, the way Dusty, I guess, was one of his brainchilds. I mean, and and they're doing a, a ride bomb. I, I think it's going to make for some compelling uh, premium live events and, and even doing it on a TV show. It, it would be the same. It, it's uh, I like the way you... Uh, Laid that out once again. I didn't uh, put them together, but it makes sense because the way they're feuding against Judgment Day to uh, align all of those edge and, yeah. and Gallows, Anderson, AJ Styles, and, and give Judgment Day another member. Eventually, they're going to have to have at least one more. And I guess Ray could be on that other team, you know, for Edge. And, I, yeah, I don't, it's I don't know who else would join Judgment Day, obviously, unless they do. I can't see them doing like a mix. I'm going to go with probably Rhea and. Beth happens at Survivor. Is it Survivor Series after Crown Jewel? I believe that's right. Uh, I think Survivor Series is after Crown Jewel, and uh, we we've got to have that match now, especially after Extreme Rules and and what they were doing and, and how Rhea had done the steel chair. It's going to have to have a special stipulation. I feel like after that. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to it going forward. SmackDown. I think this Friday is going to be uh, hopefully pretty good. Bray Wyatt's allegedly meant to be there now. Whether we see Bray Wyatt on TV in a sense of in the ring, whether we only see this backstage promo for maybe a few weeks, I don't know. 
But either way, it's going to be good to see him on the show, I think, to be honest. Yeah, it'll draw a lot of attention back on SmackDown. And they, they've done that with Roman and, you know, Karrion Cross and Drew and, and Imperium. I, I'm not saying that, but the power that Bray Wyatt has uh, about holding your attention, just that's enough to where people are going to tune in. People that don't even follow wrestling but may just, like you know, enjoy his character or are going to want to see a segment or if he's going to appear on the show. Yeah. I mean, there, there, um, there are certain people that when they cut a promo, you just can't help but listen. And as soon as I saw Bray Wyatt in NXT with the whole, the Bayou sort of characters that they started with, and then when they came to the main roster, when Bray talked, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I understood everything he was talking about. He was using some very long, complicated words in some cases, but you couldn't help but listen to this guy. Um, and it's the same with Paul Heyman as well for me. Um, so another good example, yeah, yeah. Both those guys hold they they hold your attention because they're they're wordsmiths. I mean, they use some different words, and even if they don't, they they articulate it in a way that they convey what kind of message that they uh, need to uh, engage an audience. And so that that's two great uh, illustrations. Yeah, I mean, looking forward then. So we've got Bray on SmackDown, um, and then also next week on Raw, Elias is coming back. Uh, I yeah, think I think you, Elias is coming back. Yeah, so it'd be good. I think you put the nail on the head earlier when you said about Elias. You know, he was good. We need to see a bit more of him in the ring, maybe, um, and, you know, build him up that way as well as, you know, good on the guitar and talking. So uh, interesting to see what's happening in the next couple of weeks, really. We've got Crown Jewel coming up, um, and obviously then Survivor Series uh so yeah um yeah there's a lot coming up i mean we think the holidays are busy even wrestling events keep busy during the holidays absolutely i'm looking forward to uh what happens in the next i think we've had a good three ish months with triple h in charge so let's, so let's see how the next two or three go and see how these stories start to play out on tv oh do you know what i've been ending the show and i we haven't do you know what we haven't spoke about i can't believe i forgot about this um, I was conscious of time there, Tyler. We haven't spoke about Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley and the fact that yeah, Brock Lesnar has come well, back. Well, yeah. Uh, well, and I, I didn't want to cut you off, but I was thinking there was another big surprise, and it was teased uh, to a lot of the articles, and then he he another reveal, and it was the Beast. Cowboy Brock is back, but it looks like we may get more of the serious Beast that he had done with this uh, other version of his character, reinvent himself, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. I mean, that was uh, a different way to go about it because you feel bad for Bobby Lashley. You get him empathy. So I'm trying to look at it from that standpoint. And I'm happy for Seth because he gets a title. Uh, you know, Bobby wasn't going to compete because he, he had a reason to, but Seth was calling him out on his military service, just trying to get in his head, play the mind games. And then we get, you know, Rock Lesnar. Well, he, he did that before where he... Uh, Come out yeah, and Lashley. Yeah, 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 I got, I got ahead of myself, yeah, but yeah, yeah, that's what happened, and 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 did that that armbar submission that injured his arm. So, uh, I guess they're maybe just won this match for Crown Jewel, but it it was surprising because you know Brock, he just all of a sudden attacked him, and they're you know so it's definitely setting up some kind of feud between him and Lashley, and then Lashley's not going to forget about Rollins, so he's still tied into it. So. Yeah, but I'm I'm glad you brought that up because we there was so much going on. I about forgot. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't believe I forgot that. It was one of the, and I I found it weird that they gave Seth a title match before Extreme Rules. So in my head, anyway, he was gonna. I figured he was gonna walk out with the U.S. title. Not the way it went down. Uh, obviously, as we said, Brock uh, attacked Lashley. Now the background with Lashley and Brock, obviously, 
Lashley did beat uh, Brock, but then uh, Lashley was supposed to defend the WWE Championship in an elimination chamber, but got injured. Yeah, back at the last one. Yeah, yeah, but got injured beforehand, so didn't actually compete. And then Brock left um, Extreme uh, Extreme Rules Elimination Chamber. Elimination Chamber. Yeah, um, as the champion, um, and that's what, that's what that's what led us into Roman versus Brock at Mania. Just gone, but yeah. So Seth uh, again, we talk about good talking about trying to make it feel like um, to spend to spend that disbelief in terms of calling somebody out, calling them names or whatever. And Seth did everything he could um, to call him names. Uh, oh, he did. He, I mean, he, he triggered something enough to where Lashley was going to have to compete and we were going to get some kind of match. But Lashley was a valiant effort, but he wasn't. He was already injured, which Seth, you know, to his credit was too. But it's to, to really get Seth back over with a title. And I think Lashley and Seth have elevated the U.S. title. I, I would concur yeah, I with that. I agree. And, uh, and having Lester, maybe he, you know, obviously maybe he's going to figure into the U.S. title picture. Or maybe just, to me, it's just more about a personal grudge. You know, Lashley may get his redemption on Brock the next week because that's what he also said, mentioned He's, he wants a piece of Brock Lesnar for what he did. He cost him the the match due to injuring him and everything, that unprovoked attack. So it, it's really, if you think about it, it's long-term storytelling, even if you do it backwards, because they did have history. So yeah, yeah, it, that's it, what I went straight to when I saw this happen. I was, you know, I wasn't shocked that Seth walked out with the U.S. title. I was more uh, like, oh, Brock's back. I didn't, I read something that maybe, but, you know, I, ne- I never put too much into these articles. It's still a rumor. Yeah, of course. And, and here, here's another facet that's <clears throat> interesting. Seth and Brock have history. Of course, yeah. So there's... So you, you never know if that's going to somehow, even if they just do Lashley and Brock, maybe Brock can come out and attack the the new champion. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way of looking at it, to be honest. I think you've hit the nail on the head with uh, Lashley and Brock probably going to be at Crown Jewel, to be honest. It would make sense. Yeah, it would, because, you know, Brock has done those shows, and I, I believe Lashley may have, too, uh, you know, going over there. and I think so, yeah. Uh, and you say what you want to. I may not agree with how they, they do things over in that country, but, I mean, it's uh, they put on a big show. They're definitely very uh, passionate over in a lot of countries, whether, you know, yeah. we, we agree with, you know, what's going on economically or politically over there. It's just... Yeah, I think that's a different podcast in itself. <laughs> yeah, well, I wasn't even going to go there, but you know that, that's always everybody's uh, problem with them. But I'm not going to demean WWE. I mean, they're they're doing it because they they are trying to provide for the fans over there. Of course, and yeah. I think that's commendable. I, I try to look at it more positive. I understand a lot of the negativity that goes along with it, but yeah, no, well. As long as they don't hold up any more planes either with the talent and the <laughs> well, that's true. Now, yeah. and, and but to be fair, some of it, you know, WWE thinks the NXT really did produce some uh, memorable stuff because that's where we got Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole. That smack. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because of the lack of uh, people that were supposed to be there, wasn't it? It was. That's what happened. So yeah. Um, so they they were they were able to make uh, a good show it, it, with all the talent still stuck on the plane. So. Yeah, I hate it for the talent, but in a way, it it still helped. Uh, maybe the NXT people get some uh, valuable TV time and be able to shine against some of the main stars. So yeah, I think it might take a bit of time now with the current NXT. Um, nothing against the talent down there, but the way it was presented, I think it needs a bit to be 
Yeah, they couldn't get away with it, I don't feel, with this NXT. That's no disrespect either. It's just that was a different NXT then. Yes, uh, of course, yeah. Um, it's a shame that some of these people have left WWE and gone elsewhere, but, you know, they got to do what they got to do. And They they do, and, it, and nobody could have seen Triple H taking control either, so that's probably another uh I think that situation. is a ma- – I know we talk about it a lot, and a lot of wrestling fans talk about it, but I think it is a major factor – that you've got Triple H there on creative, not because not only because he's I think he can produce some great stories and you know he's into the long term stuff and I think that's what pays off. But I think like you said earlier, he gets um in another way of putting it, he gets on with the talent, he understands how to work with certain people, um, and I think maybe get the best out of him as well. And I think that can translate to the main roster, but it never seemed to before, so hopefully it can now. So Oh, he does. I, I think he can relate somehow to them and, and get on their level. That that was the the, the knock against Vince. I, I think Vince at one point could back when they were really rocking and rolling with people like The Rock and Stone Cold. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, I think with age, not that he didn't get it, uh, I just think Triple H really understood more about how to get the talent he had more, I think, more of the relationship with, and Vince didn't get that relationship till they got to the main roster. Yeah, and if you don't make a good first impression, then you're kind of screwed, I guess, maybe. You, you <laughs> probably are. Knowing no yeah. how Vince could be, I've heard some pretty wild stories, and, and I guess that's with any boss or promoter or booker. He was, uh, yeah. Vince definitely had some unique things about him, and uh, I'm saying that out of respect because I know it's an easy thing. We're not going to get into all that's been talked about. I mean, that's been out there, but I'm just saying, you know, I'm trying to – trying to put myself in the position to understand the, the difference of opinions between, you know, and philosophies of Triple H and, you know, Vince, and even the differences maybe between Stephanie or, or if Shane was in that role. Yeah. I, I, Vince McMahon created a, a freaking good sports entertainment wrestling company, so you can't really – he put everything on the line back in the day you, to you create can't it. So. Him. Yeah, I mean, that first WrestleMania, and where would it be – you know, where would the whole genre be if it uh, hadn't have been for that? And and a lot of credit to the territories because they, they helped Vince. Even then, he was competing well before him, you know, Nitro and Raw were doing it. Then that helped, you know, and, Absolutely. and everything. But the only problem, you know, with all due respect to Impact and AEW, there's not a real sense of competition. I mean, I'm not saying they don't compete in a way for time slots, but to say it's the same like it was then, it's just dumb. I mean, I'm just going to say it. It's not very <laughs> bright. I mean, it's just my perspective. I, I may get I may get some bad tweets, and I'm actually a nice guy, but I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll get somebody on Twitter that's on one side or another going, how could you say that? That's no, not, I mean, I, I mean, it's it's all opinions. I mean, yeah, I'm of course. not, not married it you know, much more than the next person. It's just my opinion. I mean, it, it's like anybody that that's all it amounts to. So, so it's all subjective to be honest. It is all subjective. Yeah. Subjective's so, you know, a, a right word. Yeah, that's so, a, um, yeah, man. Well, we have once again, I, I've had, I've had a blast with you being on the show, mate. I've very much, I, I've, I've had a lot of fun and, uh, and thank you for having me back. Uh, I think you do a wonderful job and, uh, SGP, uh, SJP, excuse me, media network, uh, does a, a wonderful job. They, they've got a lot of great podcasts. Cy Powell, our mutual friend, and I, I have to thank him and, and thank yourself. You guys do a wonderful job, whether it's wrestling, you're covering uh, some TV shows. I mean, uh, it, it's impressive. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I actually uh, did reach out to Cy. Cy actually recommended you as well, so and I'm glad he did. Well, so, that's, that's very kind. Uh, he, he, I paid him. You, you were saying <laughs> you paid me. I, I was actually paying Cy. <laughs> 
across the table. He was the head of the table, and I had to be a noose. There we go. Sammy oh. Saint, and you know, I'll, I'll quite happily be the honorary use. I'm absolutely fine with that. I, I would be too. I, <laughs> I would love the privileges, so I, I'll be UC or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Usi. <laughs> Yeet and all that <laughs> stuff going on. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I, I'm still laughing. I, I'm getting a pop reaction over that. Yeah, man, it was good. Uh, oh well. If you want to plug any of your stuff quickly before we end the show, I want to say thanks again, mate, for coming on. I very much appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome, and I sure will plug some of the stuff I'm involved with. I uh, want to plug the Rewind Wrestling Radio podcast. They do a wonderful job covering a uh, little bit of everything concerning wrestling, also standing strong with Waylon Myers. It's actually a non-wrestling podcast, but it's uh, promoting positivity. A very good show. And back when, uh, speaking of Sao Paulo, I'm, I'm with uh, Danny, one of his co-hosts there, and uh, we're, we're talking wrestling and entertainment. Also, uh, I'm on the Uncensored Wrestling Podcast, so we recap the Attitude Years of Raw, That's and we talked about that on this show, and also uh, Wrestle Buddy and Geek Buddy, those websites, and more importantly, In the Corner, this great show. So got to plug them, and uh, you know, it's always a, a pleasure and an honor, so thank you, sir. It's uh, It's been a lot of fun to recap Extreme Rules and talk some Monday Night Raw with you. I very much appreciate it, Tyler, and trust me, in the corner, fans, I don't, I don't know what the fan names are for in the corner at the moment, but uh, he will be back at some point. Um, I hope you have a great day, Tyler. Thank you very much for coming oh, on. Oh, you too. I, I hope you have a great day and appreciate you as well. Thank you very much, and we'll see the rest of you on Sunday for some SmackDown and some wrestling news as per usual. Thank you very much for listening to the show. I'll see you all again Sunday.